Hi everyone, this is Raven and Campbell from Musicals, and we'd Hello. like to talk to you today about a nonprofit music education group that we are partnering with. Yep, we'd like to talk to you about Education Through Music. They partner with under-resourced schools to provide music as a core subject for all children. And they utilize music education as a catalyst to improve academic achievement, motivation for school, and self-confidence. Exactly. So they work with 52 different partner schools throughout New York City, um, and they work with them to institute sustainable music education programs by hiring qualified teachers, matching them with the school, and really equipping the teachers with the tools to succeed and be able to provide quality music education to all of the students attending that institution. So we think, you know, from this podcast, we think it's incredibly important to provide music education to all children, um, that everyone should have access to it to help, you know, really instill those lifelong passions that have been so influential for Campbell and I. So we believe that supporting this organization is the way you can support our podcast. Yep. And you can do so by going to p2p.onecause.com slash boozicals. Again, that's letter P, number two, letter P dot one cause dot com slash boost and yeah you can really uh help these kids if that's what you're into support the youths okay. shut up that's don't <laughs> don't don't patronize me really. okay uh, i don't need you enjoy the episode i'm done with this <laughs> you want to start or do you want me to start i would like you to start campbell Uh, wow (laughs) hello listeners raven wants to be lazy today and does not want to introduce us to you Mm -hmm. all because she doesn't care about you but i'm doing that because i love you listeners i don't welcome back to musicals (laughs) (laughs) the podcast where we drink too much and fuel a lot of addictions hey how are you doing today raven i'm doing really well actually um i had a really weirdly like sluggish week i was just like tired and like felt gross the entire week but today i felt amazing and i attribute that to proper sleep so you heard it here first case i am so proud of you raven for actually sleeping properly oh to be clear Um, i don't mean eight hours of sleep i just mean like good quality sleep okay i (laughs) you know what the ends justify the means, I guess, in that respect. Indeed. Indeed they do. Hashtag Machiavelli. Which I know more. <laughs> no further comment. Um, so do you know why it also is a good day? I, I, ha- I can My guess. My dear, dear friend. Guess. Uh, because we have a wonderful surprise for our listeners, which is another guest who's a friend of Campbell's. I love how we always say it's a surprise. Even though like they can see their name. it's in the title. It's in the title. And the only one time it's been a surprise, <laughs> and that was a surprise to you. Uh, <laughs> I didn't tell Raven Cullen was on. Yep, nope, was didn't on. know at all. He just snuck it in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so I am currently talking to uh, my good friend and former roommate, Cody. Welcome, Cody. Hey, Hi. how's Thanks it going? Me. Oh, it's good. I'm excited to, you know, be here and talk some stuff about Camelot. Hell we're yeah. Indeed to do, we're excited to do that with you. before we do that, Raven, mm-hmm. what music have you been listening to? I've been obsessed with Ed Sheeran lately. I mean, I'm always obsessed. You say that you, you've you said Ed Sheeran, <laughs> I feel like, 6% of the Are you time. serious? Okay, I love Ed Sheeran. Um, but yeah, his Divide album... Um, is like all I've been listening to for the past, 
honestly like month of my life um i don't really know what happened i just one day i was like listening to i was like craving you know you can like crave a song but like like food but it's not food like that um and then i started listening to it and i listened to the entirety of the album and i listened to it again and again and again and again and again so love him what about you guys what about you campbell I have been listening to the band Murder by Death, which it does, it's, <laughs> the music is not what you think the title of the band would So not have. death metal? No. Okay. Um, it's more like, it's orchestral indie rock. Interesting. And the cellist is amazing. Love a cellist. Yes. Uh, the band... Um, is uh, named after the 1976 uh, comedy movie um, Murder by Death. Mm. Um, and they have a lot of kind of like Americana, folky, um, so honestly, musical theater like ties with their music. And they're, I know, I've been listening to them a lot recently. Cool. And I really like them. What about you, Cody? What music have you been listening to recently? Uh, I've been listening to Tame Impala, actually. Ooh, their newest stuff? Uh, no, I, um, I only knew of one re- record by him, um, so I think it was released a, a few years ago, but, um, I've been listening through some of their newer stuff, too, and I've just been amazed at how many songs of theirs I like. Um, <laughs> there really hasn't been one where I've been, like, wanting to skip. Yeah. But, uh, in addition to that, um, I really like listening to KRVM, which is a station here, and, um... They, they play a really eclectic mix of music, but I really like their country music mornings because they're like the 50s and the 60s. Oh, fun. Country songs, and, you know, it's a really, yeah, it's a really, really fun, fun station because they have a bunch of, of other stuff, too, like uh, Rockabilly on Friday nights. Ooh. And uh, they, they even have something called um, Sunday Swing Shift, which is, like, music hall uh, stuff from, like, the 20s and 30s. Um, I am really into that's that. That's really cool. KRVM 91.9. <laughs> I didn't know that like Good radio stations Alice played Orkin. rockabilly music anymore, but that's that's awesome. I would be down for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, it's a it's a public you know station, and they've um they they've done been really well through the pandemic, just having all their you know um, individual. DJs, you know, broadcasting their their shows still, or just sending them on to the guy that that's running the station. Mm. But yeah, yeah, pu- public radio is the way to go. No, no F- FCC or just you know the same old songs you hear everywhere. Nice. Into it. Here for it. Cody, would you like to tell us what musical you chose for us to talk about today? Yeah. And what drink we will be having? <laughs> so I chose Camelot the 1967 version with um, Vanessa Redgrave, Richard Harris, and Franco Nero. Their, um, Camelot is a musical by Lerner and Lowe and came out um, in their early 60s with R- Richard Burton and Julie Andrews as King Arthur and Guinevere. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, it was during um, that series of shows with Julie Andrews that Walt Disney propositioned yeah. her to... Um, be Mary Poppins and she was I'm like pregnant. I can't I'm pregnant and Walt Disney was like we'll wait for you because he was like this is the only person that could be Mary Poppins yeah and he was correct yeah like, like she well until uh, Emily Blunt Emily Blunt, Emily Blunt did a fantastic yeah. job and we'll talk about it on the <laughs> podcast 
Yeah, I'll, no, I'll, I'll have to, to see that. I still haven't. But, um, yeah, so Camelot um, has a lot of great, great songs. Uh, and I don't know. It's the kind of meat musical that I kind of stumbled into watching uh, through my, my dad. And it's just kind of stuck with me ever since I was a high schooler. Nice. And what will we be drinking today? So what we're drinking to today um, are English ales. And, and you you really like English ales, don't you? Mm-hmm. Is there a certain English ale that you prefer? There there is one in particular, and I I, I bought it, but I actually uh, don't don't have it with with me. It's a old old speckled hen, and um, it is uh, just a nice English pale ale, yeah. and um, it's named after this, uh, I guess kind of a joyride car that they used to have at the MG factory in England some somewhere. But well, that's really uh, fun because I have some. Oh, you do? Yeah, I found some yesterday. Oh my god. Let me get it. <laughs> now this is a su- surprise. This is wow. so Campbell. Oh my god. Cool. I, I was wondering why the, the, the Bruce supply was sold out because of you. Oh, did you go yesterday or today? <laughs> yeah, yesterday. Yesterday? I also went yesterday and I saw it because I was looking. I was like, I have to find this beer for Cody. Oh, my God. But they had one left when I went. Well, after I went. They had seven total. So I bought six I of them. I got that So you bought one. six of them? Nah. I bought a six pack. Oh. Oh, I thought you meant they had like seven six packs. No, no, they had seven individual beers, (laughs) and I bought six of them. I'm like, oh my god, this is the best day ever. Cody bought the last beer. That's so much fun. They didn't even know they had it. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like at the cash register, and they're like, I didn't know we even had this. Yeah. Because I was looking around for it. Oh my god. I'm going to open one. Yeah, please. Well, yeah. So old, old speckled hen is probably my my favorite. The, this this other one. Um, Would you I like got, one of these? Would you like to try one of those? I I, I think I'll I'll start with with, with this. This yeah. one is called Trooper. And we'll it's we'll from mix some Cheshire, England. <laughs> and this this one is from um, Moreland Brewing, which is uh, I I don't know where, but yeah. If 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 any of the folks listening want to try a good English ale, um, old speckled hen is a good way to go. That's so funny. You bought the one I didn't. That is amazing. That, also, Campbell, you, know, you keep you, doing you your uh, you keep doing your mischievous chuckle. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> well, and and the the glass I'm drinking out of is a an English glass too from the um, Sam Smith Brewery, which um, is is what is it? So the Sam Smith label is one that you'll find at Trader Joe's mm-hmm. and a lot more places in the U.S. probably. Um, but their beer is brewed at this uh, place in Tadcaster that was established in 1758 and has been in continuous o- operation since then. That's cool. So yeah. So with that, everyone, cheers. Cheers. Clink. <laughs> Clunk. Ooh. I do really love Old Oh, that Speckled is tasty. Hen. So I, well, yeah. I am drinking... Yeah, what are you drinking? I am drinking Newcastle Brown Ale, which is a beer I mm. never heard of before. Yeah. Um, but I was going through... Really? I, yep, nope. Um, I, again, I've never <laughs> gone out of my way to have like an English ale. So I was at the store and I was like, okay, so first off, looking for things I've never seen before. Two, 
I had to Google everything to see if it actually was from England. And so like I was walking down the line and it was it was a bunch of ciders and I was like, okay, obviously not those. And then it was like on the right hand side, it was all like the standard ones, like Heineken, Stella, Yangling, like all those. And I was like, obviously not any of those. And I saw like two there were two cases of this beer on like the top shelf. And I was just like, what the hell is that? And I Googled it and it said country of origin, United Kingdom, and I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very good it's like a dark brown ale um so oh, yeah. it's, it's almost has the flavor of like a stout which is really interesting um but it has like the the lighter um texture of an ale which is yeah. really good yeah and i think i have it at the oh, that... i think i have it at the perfect temperature because it tastes very flavorful oh yeah same here i like had this in the fridge all night and then like probably 30 minutes before you got here i like took it out yeah. so i'm pretty happy with that um so yeah, Camelot. I have never seen Camelot before. Raven has never seen Camelot nope. before. I kept thinking you Did... made Quest for Camelot, which I was really excited to do. <laughs> it was a much shorter <laughs> which... film. <laughs> oh, I did not realize how long this movie was. Mm-hmm. So I watched half of it, like about half of it last night, half of it this morning. But just um, kind of continuing on from some of the stuff Cody was already yeah. saying. Um, now, this film is based off of the 1960 musical, um, which is also based off of the King Arthur legend um, adapted from T.H. White's novel, The Once and Future King, mm-hmm. which is made up of four parts of the book. So we have The Sword and the Stone, which also Disney Sword and the Stone is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's incredible, and I love it so much. Uh, the Queen of Air and Darkness, uh, The Ill-Made Night, um, and The Candle in the Wind, um, which they were published um, in the 30s to like almost like 60s. Um, so yeah, but it's, it's King Arthur and uh, his life and the formation of um, his court and the round table. Mm-hmm. And the drama that ensues. Oh my gosh. So much drama. <laughs> I think if you could summarize this film in two words, it would be chivalrous and horny. Oh, so much horniness. Like an uncalled for mouth. so <laughs> horny. And I was here for it. Wait, I had a real, I had a quick question for you guys. So, okay, so when I was younger, I used to like kind of be into Arthurian legend, but only in so much as I was into like a lot of like ancient legends and myths and stuff like that. Um, so I never studied as much as other stuff. But so with King Arthur, there's obviously the whole like sword in the stone, like pulling Excalibur out of the mm-hmm. anvil, blah blah blah. He's the rightful king of England. But there's also the legend of like the Lady of the Lake who presented him with Excalibur. Is that a separate legend or is it just like a different interpretation of the story? Oh, I thought it was a different interpretation of the story. Because I remember in like, um, in Monty Python, the Holy Grail, that's the legend that they reference Um, for King Arthur. Like they refer to the Lady of the Lake. Um, And I was just like, hold up. Because when Arthur pulled- I believe in Fate's Day Night, which is an anime about historical and heroic figures fighting in a death match together, um, <laughs> King Arthur, um, she, I believe, gets her sword from Excalibur. Uh, not from Excalibur, from the stone. My apologies. Okay. 
I've had two sips of beer and I'm, Proud I'm of feeling it apparently. <laughs> yeah, I was just curious because because also like every time I've I've heard of like the Sword of the Stone story, he was like relatively young, like somewhere between like maybe eleven and like eighteen. Um, whereas like the Lake story was like he was already an adult, like still young, but like older. Did did he pull out um, the sword in Shrek the Third? <laughs> well. <laughs> Voiced by Justin Timberlake? Oh my gosh. <laughs> or was he just related to the Frog King? Just related. Just related. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Just, just a cousin. Just had a Frog just cousin. Distant. Yeah, just a relative. Yeah, if, if anyone Julie knows... Andrews was the queen. Oh, man. <laughs> Full circle. Um, yeah, if anyone knows who's like listening, if you know like what the whole Lady of the Lake situation was... Um... I thought you were going to ask them specifically. If you know that plot point of Shrek the Third... <laughs> You can also email that. us at boozicals at gmail.com <laughs> or comment at boozicals on our Instagram. Oh well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to re- remember because the T.H. White uh, Once in Future King novels are based on Lamort Le- d'Arthur. Yes. Which is written you know, by Thomas Mallory in the 15th century, I think. And basically, like, all of the King Arthur le- legends that we know about um, or that were popularized came from, from that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, 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 when I was in high school, I was a major Art, Arthurian nerd, so I, I, I could have told you in a, a second. But, um, yeah, I, I'm just kind of, like, think, thinking back to it, and I can't remember, yeah. you know, what the, I know, what the thing was. I just had a great idea. Cody, do you know what the episode you're going to come back on for? What? Spam a lot. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even seen that. Spam a lot is so funny. Um, like and Lancelot is uh, okay. super gay. In yeah. it. There's a song about him just being gay. <laughs> it's great. Amazing. Big fan. Um, so you wanna you wanna dive in? Yes, let's dive in. So we start immediately off the bat. Opening credits. That's what they're there for. And then <laughs> keyword opening. opening. Um, so there's a prelude. Secondary word credits. <laughs> what are those for? We don't know. <laughs> it's it's the credits at the opening. They, see, no one tells you that. <laughs> the thing that gets me though is that they always do the opening credits. Always seem so long, but then they still have post credits. So it's like, what's the point of the opening credits if you're still going to retell me who everyone was at the end? Just so I mean, so you're prepared. That's how they get you. You're excited. It's how you it's how, yeah, it's how, how they, they get, get you. you. <laughs> You 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 come for the opening credits, but you leave with the ending credits. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, Campbell. No, because no. I don't. Okay, so I don't know um, so we open up, or oh, in some forest, presumably in like tenth century England, um, and I think it's a fun juxtaposition of the like orchestral, the prelude orchestra music because it's um, we'll get into very soon, but like the titular song Camelot mm-hmm. is very like bright and uplifting yeah. and this forest looks demonic. <laughs> it's so it looks like an evil like dark forest like yeah. um no they, no they hate, do that a few times no hate to the brothers Grimm, but it looks like it would be in germany <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why that would be hate well no just because like a lot of german like legends and stories are always so dark and foreboding and that's like this forest is what i associate with german lore is all i'm saying gotcha. um there's a few times in this movie where the music doesn't really match the scene or oh, no. like the change like the change Never of the, does the scene. editing I'm... or cinematography 
Uh, we're gonna have a great time. Well, yeah, I I really like the um, opening because yeah. you know, the the opening song, um, you know, a- after you kind of hear, um, you know, little hints of of everything. There's little that, musical motifs. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm trying to remember what, what the term is for you know like the opening song that kind of has little bits of of every Overture? other song. Yeah. Overture. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I really like like that because it kind of hints at you know the um, the trouble that's to to come, but but then you, that's brewing. You yeah. you, you, you start out. <laughs> Love it. You, you you start out with you know. Um, uh, I, oh, I, also I listeners, um, Cody yeah. has brought uh, the record for yeah. the original the motion picture record. soundtrack of yeah. Cam- yeah, and there's like some really cool stuff on here. Yeah, well, you know, um, King Arthur starts things off with I I wonder what the king is doing tonight and yeah it, it it's a it's a fun one like yeah one. which is okay so um a really interesting thing for me especially when they which i guess we'll get into the song because there's technically like a couple small things we're skipping um but the interesting thing about like that song for me was like so when i started watching this i've been rewatch. do you guys know the show the west wing like from the late 90s and early 2000s with martin sheen with allison allison Jan- janey rob Lowe, martin sheen all of them yeah so i've been rewatching. never seen it it's amazing. Um, but I've been re-watching that because my dad and I watched it together in high school when I was in high school. Um, and it was really interesting because looking at like our leadership today, especially with like social media and the news and like the uh, like the press and everything, like there's there's obviously still like secrets and things that happen behind closed doors, obviously, but like for the most part, like public figures like politicians stuff are just out there like everyone kind of knows what's generally going on like you see them all the time you hear them all the time like blah 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 but it's really it was really interesting getting into that first song and looking back at this older perspective because like have like almost everyone in the area didn't even know what he looked like unless you personally met him mm-hmm. like there was no exposure yeah. to your quote-unquote leadership unless you physically met them you know, which I, I just thought, like, or, like, mm. you heard about, like, like that's what, like, bards and, like, minstrels were for, like, spread no. tales of people, because there's no other way for you to find out what was going on, which I just think is, like, really it's interesting. It's really interesting, the evolution of, like, a public figure, a public mm-hmm. head has developed with, like, increasing technology. Yeah, yeah, really cool. Um, but, yeah, Overture, I think it's really cool. Um, I love the horns, like, there's something about... This, this... <laughs> This musical gets horns right. Well, because it's horny. Hey, guys. Horns, um, longing strings, mm-hmm. and ominous bassoons. Those are... That's it. That's Why, that's why did you tweet. do, like, air quotes with three fingers? Because <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I do think this is, a, this is a very good opening for this musical. And it, it does kind of wrap up all of those themes of like the foreboding um, kind of feeling as well as the the hope and the energy that that's present through a lot of the story um, I think it kind yeah. of combines all of that within the opening overture which is really cool yeah so then we we are we are on the outskirts of a future battle mm-hmm. and we see King Arthur played by Richard Harris. Uh, Richard Harris, he's been in a lot of things. He was the original Dumbledore in mm-hmm. um, 
the Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets. He was Marcus Aurelius. It's <laughs> really and... funny because the story for that was like he agreed to be Dumbledore, but then they were like, oh, so you're going to come back for the rest of the movies, right? And he was like, oh, you meant for all of them? No, I was just doing these. And they were like, excuse me? <laughs> Love it. Oh, uh, amazing. Uh, Marcus Aurelius and Gladiator. He was in The Count of Monte Cristo. Um, really, really fun, dramatic actor. And I, it looked like he had a blast. Mm-hmm. In this film, yeah. which I yeah, he, he really put put his all in, into the sit singing. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I I I think in his you know career overall, um, this was probably the only musical. But uh, yeah, he he was de- de- do a lot a of uh, sing talking. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, there was definitely um, I, I could definitely feel himself like. Because he had a lot of, like, monologues um, and a lot of... There was a lot of, like, dramatic soliloquizing. Is that a word? I don't know. But yeah. I, I made it, it up is, just now. It is now. <laughs> if frindle is a word, this could be a frindle word. Frindle is, in fact, a word. Look it up. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I feel like he, he did really put a lot into this role. I don't know that I liked what he put into the role. <laughs> like, I, I, th- I think it's one of those where it's just like the, even the acting style, especially from this time, was like so different that there are a lot of times where it almost feels like over emoting, but also like the nature of the scene is like very dramatic and kind of heavy handed. So, wow. yeah. Very interesting. So, yeah, he is distraught. Yes. He doesn't know what to do. He clearly does um, not he's... want to face the battle that's ahead. Yeah. Yeah, he's calling out uh, for Jenny. Oh wait, that 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 that's later. Oh no, no, he does say uh, Jenny when he's like because we get into the song Guinevere. Oh yeah, there's like a prelude. There's like a yeah. There's um, there's a really quick. Oh, yeah, the next song Jenny. is uh, Guinevere. These are there's like multiple Guinevere's. I don't think uh, the record includes like. Uh, reprises. Well, the 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 the, the whole thing that, that he's doing with what I, I wonder what the king is doing to tonight is he's worried about getting married. Oh yeah, like, we we haven't not. Oh, we're not there yet. There, yeah. We're still in the we're still in the oh, dark well. forest uh, before he talks to Merlin. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yes. This is yeah. It's like it's like a oh, two minute right. thing right oh, yeah, before re, we actually. He's like, remember, remember. Oh yeah, exactly, oh, okay. exactly. Yeah, uh, like think back, Shows think back what, to what the I day. Know. Um, and then he's like, oh, you mean the day I met you? And he's like, no, 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 you went too far. <laughs> go, go back to the day you met Guinevere. Um, and so, yeah, so then we, we kind of cut back. We see him sort of just like wandering through the forest. Um, it's now like a wintry landscape. Um, so we see that this is presumably many, many years ago. Uh, different oh, yeah. Season also, Merlin, Merlin tells him to re- recall yeah, go back. this kind yeah. of information to like search for answers. Merlin being... Um, Arthur's teacher, Um, and he is played by Lawrence Naismith. He was in A Night to Remember, Diamonds Are Forever. Um, He's Argos and Jason and the Argonauts. Um, I remember watching that movie in, like, sixth grade reading class. Um, Definitely a mysterious old man, which I attribute to Merlin. (laughs) And his eyes, like, they, they, what do they do to his eyes to make them look I don't know. galactic? They, they looked like they had stars in them, didn't they? Yeah. It was, it was like... <laughs> Glitter. <laughs> <laughs> um It was like, it was really, it was cool and unnerving, and I think exactly the right way, in terms of like, 
what Merlin is supposed to be in this legend. It was um, haunting and wondrous. Yeah. Yes, Campbell. Yes, it was. And sick Al he has on his shoulder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I did wonder about the animals. I was confused. I was like, what, what kind of, I was like, what kind of drugs did they put <laughs> there like, on They were like party? gathering around him like he was Snow White. And I was like, did Merlin have this sort of relationship with forest creatures? <laughs> I think That's so. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> the wizard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're you're a wizard, Merlin. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, Dumbledore. Um, yeah. So we get so go in the past. Um, we get to the song. Well, because Jenny is presumably to the audience in the castle. Mm-hmm. Jenny being Guinevere, yes. um, which I just think it's funny. To call Guinevere Yeah, I think Jenny. that's an interesting nickname from that, but then we also... And not like Gwen? Yeah. Because Gwen is also short for Guinevere. I don't know. Because to me, Jenny is more like Genevieve, which that would make more sense, but that's... I'm, I'm not Arthur, so I don't know. Maybe it made sense in his mind. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, Merlin's just like, okay, we call back. He's like, no, that's too far. That's when you first met, you idiot. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, Merlin is very much telepathic. Use the force, Luke, mm-hmm. is where the vibes I, were, I was getting. Um, <laughs> and then we go to see um, the beginning when Gwen was coming into Camelot. Yeah, yeah. and so we see um, King Arthur, who's like kind of like wandering through down this forest path. Um, presumably many years ago, like kind of wintry landscape at this point. Um, and he's like, you see like a bunch of people like kind of traveling down the road, presumably going either to or from Camelot. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like climbing up in a tree, like looking down at all of them. It's just like, oh, you know, I bet you I know what they're thinking. They're all wondering what I'm up to tonight. They're not wondering about how to feed their kids. <laughs> it's they're wondering yeah, it's about TMZ, me. It's <laughs> TMZ. It's E News. It's like what what's the, what's the hot celeb gossip? Um, which honestly, I think it's fair. Probably. I mean, people... That's probably what they're wondering. Yeah. What is the king up to tonight? <laughs> Stalking from a tree. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, they they, they have, may not have seen him. They have no I, idea. Yeah, but, exactly. Know, they're, 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 they're probably thinking that the uh, the king is, you know, bold and, you know, strong and excited to get, get married when, in fact, you know... He's bold, strong, he's and not excited to get nope. married. My, 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 my favorite line is, you know, he, he's wishing he was in Scotland fishing tonight (laughs) it's just like that's you know Uh, that's your your real king there hashtag relatable indeed i want to go fishing in scotland that sounds fun let's do it let's fucking do it (laughs) yes good salmon out there friend indeed um yeah so exactly king is scared of marriage and at this point i'm like oh mayhaps he's a homosexual (laughs) Uh, that could be fun (laughs) We're recording this in we're recording this in Pride Month, so that oh, that is the God. lens I have taken to this film. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he's he's going around, kind of seeing like climbing up and down this tree, and blah blah. blah. Uh, which is this is really interesting because while I was watching this scene, all I could really think about was, like what must it have been like to record this. Like, because yeah. <laughs> that's something that's something that I've started thinking about a lot more when I watch movies. Is like, especially older movies where like you know that this was like, this was a legitimate set that was built, and he is standing inside like 
a set like amongst fake branches and stuff like that like recording all of this and it's just like what must it have been like he <laughs> just like watching this man just like climb up and down in these like fake branches and sing this song it's just really interesting yeah like i i've watched these these films or like you know um t tv shows to like catch any any you know obvious signs that they they like re redubbed mm -hmm. it or or something mm -hmm. but you know i i bet a bunch of them yeah were just recorded on a soundstage and they just got it right yeah. you know after take after take after take but yeah it, it it's quite an, an effort to be running around scrambling up a tree when you know like while also singing when you're yeah. you're not really known for being a singer and singing He's, he scrambles quite a bit yes. in this movie he definitely got to work out. Maybe that's why he didn't like belt stuff out because he was just out of breath. Because <laughs> he does a lot of sprinting, look, yeah. stop, kick flip, uh, three sixty grind, Tony Hawk Pro Skater two, and then singing like this. <laughs> and it, it honestly makes made me think of um, singing in the rain when they were like talking about like diction, like when they were like converting to like talkies and stuff like that. And it was just like, no, yeah. but honestly, like if, especially when you think about like their um, audio recording equipment wouldn't have been like fantastic back then. So like, you know, you have to speak very clearly. You have to like get everything like very clearly and enunciate after yeah. scrambling up a tree and sprinting down a road. <laughs> like, yeah, wild. Incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, and then we go to the caravan and we are introduced to Lady Guinevere. And what a comfortable ride. Oh, and <laughs> that dog is living its best, best life. life. So we have Vanessa Redgrave, um, who is in a bunch of shit. Mm -hmm. um, still going. Still going in Call the Midwife. Oh, she's in that? Loves. Yeah, she she's Jenny uh, Worth. Hmm. Um, she used black box. Uh, she was the queen in Cars Two, which will come up again. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> uh, she was uh, in Atonement. Um, the father to one of her children um, is Lancelot. Yeah. Oh, fact, they were together for a very long time. That's cool. Um, she uh, won a Tony for a performance in The Long Day's Journey into the Night, and she's like, for years, has been such a figure. A humanitarian figure um she was elected as a unicef goodwill ambassador and she's like one of those people like from like day one who has been um trying to like champion like oppressed people's like causes mm -hmm. like there's been a lot of controversy with her with her recognition of like palestine um her work with lgbtq like community stuff like that um so yeah, yeah. she's also she... gorgeous oh my yeah. god her hair insane oh yeah 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 like, golden you know she, she she's had so, such a long you know um acting career and you know she yeah she, she's done a lot a lot of great 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 things um and you know she she's the the mom of um Nat natasha richardson who was liam neeson's wife and oh, who also yeah. acted in the parent trap yeah you know the Li Lindsay lohan version that's so cool yeah isn't that awesome yeah I, I love learning about like relations between like relatives and stuff between like actors that's really cool yeah but yeah so we see her traveling at the camelot um and we find um, out she like yells at her attendant uh she's like tries to get her to like fuck off yeah. so she can like basically flee her attendant um being lady clorinda estelle winward 
um, who was in uh, she, who was in the original The Producers. Oh, she was Hold Me, Touch Me. Ooh, those were such um, interesting characters. Um, she was in the original Batman. Um, uh, she was uh, like the Adam West mm-hmm. one, but also, which is really funny because I didn't notice this. I already chose what music I've been listening to this week. Um, but she was in the movie Murder by Death. Would you look at that? Isn't that insane? That's really cool. Because I've been listening to them all week. I'm like, oh, this is, I mean, it's really the only music I've listened to this week. And I was just, <laughs> for some of these, I was like, oh, she had like a couple lines. I'll like, you know, look at her credits and mm-hmm. stuff. Saw that. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about her. <laughs> nice. So. Uh, yeah. So we find out she also is not looking forward to getting married tonight um, because she's into bad boys, apparently. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, lucky for you, Arthur is bad at everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we get into the song "The Simple Joys of Maidenhood," which is which is a wild hot song. girl summer. It's hot girl summer. So she was like, "I'm not trying to get what, I'm, I'm, what am I? I'm 27. What am I? A child bride? <laughs> Alana from Broad City? She wants to fuck." Yes, um, she. So one of the things um, of among many um, that she cites as uh, one of the simple joys of maidenhood, she is yet to instill or yet to experience yep. is um, inciting a civil war. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, uh, like having, uh, she said, she'll Give kith. Give me very Helena of Troy. She said, she'll <laughs> kith not kill their kin for me. And I'm like, so, so you <laughs> want, you want people to die bloodshed. for Bloodshed. <laughs> like not just yes. like, oh, I want these two hot guys to fight over me. Like, no, you want bloodshed <laughs> over you. <laughs> we see later how much bloodshed blood she <laughs> does indeed want. Uh, and it's funny <laughs> that you said. Evil times. Yeah, it's funny that you said Helena of Troy because I was getting Alexis from Shit's Creek vibes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, so um, this girl is not about it. She's like, I'm not ready to settle down. Um, I need men to like whisk me away to lands unknown and all this other stuff. And I'm like, okay, but well, have you considered being a normal person? <laughs> Raven, people have urges. It's fine. <laughs> And so she, like, runs off. She's, like, amazed by the forest. And then she, like, starts to pray. Prays to St. Genevieve, who is the patron saint of... This prayer is wild. Let's say it together. The patron saint of... Fucking. Of Paris. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I mean, same difference. <laughs> um, and... And she's basically like, I'm done with you. Um, you have been no yeah. help to me. Uh, I don't want to do this, and I will cease worshiping you from now until forever. Yeah. <laughs> Runs into Arthur, um, and she was like, I will not be sold out. I will not be arranged for. Um, and she, like, says to him, they kind of get into, like, a little scuffle, and she was like, you'll throw me to the ground. And he's like, no! And then she's like... <laughs> why not? But why not? Am I ugly? Like, why, do my why, looks propel why won't you? <laughs> And he's like, no, I promise I'll never lay a hand on you. She's like, excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) Love it. And then then he's like, I don't know what to do. Where's Merlin? And she's like, who the fuck is Merlin? And Merlin is basically the wizard version of Benjamin Button is how Arthur describes him. Yeah. He like ages in reverse. Yeah, so he knows the future because he's like kind of experienced it, I guess. He's experienced. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so she's telling him, like, oh, I want you to take me to all these places, like, blah, blah, blah. We can run away. I don't have to get married. Because she, she has no idea who this guy is. He's just yeah, attractive. Wart. <laughs> yeah, his name is Wart. Um, 
Also, this might be a dumb question because I'm very not familiar with this age of history. Did they know about Mongolia at this time? Like, did English people know about the existence of the nation of Mongolia? I mean, I thought I, so. I, I don't know. It's entirely possible I might just be dumb, but <laughs> Matt will tell me. Matt, tell me if they knew about Mongolia in England. He'll get back to me when this, when this episode <laughs> eventually comes out. Yeah, months from now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's funny because like he will t- he will stop oh, he will text what he's me. doing and <laughs> or maybe call you and be like, Raven. So that's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. And I like how this is a direct ask, so you will be keeping this part. In. Yes. So that's correct. Um, and so Arthur's like, no, I can't run away from you. But why would you? We get into the song Camelot, and how do you usually try to, like, woo someone? You talk about the weather. Mm-hmm. Always. I, I love this song. The kind of, like, thirds that they're playing. Yes. The do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. It's so pleasing to mm-hmm. me, and I don't know why. I love this song. Yeah, it's very, sing- you know, easy to sing, and, uh, you know, the, the lyrics are just... Fantastic, you know. In short, there's simply not a more convivial spot for happily ever aftering than here in Camelot. Yeah. And then my, my 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 favorite part, which was kind of a um, a family thing growing up with Camelot. You know, yeah. It's like you know, have have people doing dishes or doing the bar barbecue or something, just going Camelot. That's fun. Camelot. Yeah. You know, like like with the 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 the, the whispering thing that that Richard Harris does is one of my favorites mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to to mock it's and, it's and fun to do it's it's all it's a very romantic I mean, song like in the literal sense yeah yes and it's i don't know any song that you can add that kind of like like great stage grandiose like timber accent timber mm-hmm. yes it's just fun yeah. the theater <laughs> oh, come a lot um, it's it's just it's just a it's just a great time. Yeah. Which is we're just having fun here. Yeah, y'all. and the way um, the way Guinevere like enunciates Camelot at the end of like I think it's like her last line in the song. Like just the way she like draws it out is like so beautiful. And I and I do love the way like she does actively pronounce the T at the end. And I just I love that. I love the diction. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, Jenny from the block. <laughs> sprints away and dramatically poses into the camera which was very jarring there's a lot of times they're like looking to the camera and i'm just like it feels like looking right at me and i'm uncomfortable also this was one of those times something that i noticed during this scene especially um guinevere and arthur i don't know if these are like their actual eyes or if they had context in but their eyes are disturbingly blue because they're also the exact same color of blue gotta gotta be yeah. 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 Like I, I, I've, I've always been been amazed by like the, you know, just the the richness of the Technicolor films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like I, I, I have to believe that that's part of it because like, you know, just just looking at fo- photos from the the late '60s that are colorized or in in color, you know, they're they're really bright. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they were young then, so you know who, who knows. True. Maybe, maybe it was that. That's fair, and I, I feel like it added its own. Could always be both. I feel like it added its own quality to movies like this because, especially, um, like this movie has a lot of close-ups, um, and that's like a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I You're feel like me. especially with um, 
especially like the the level and depth of emoting that they're doing a lot of times like in their monologues and their songs and just like during those close-ups i feel like the how vivid and bright their eyes are because it's not just theirs it's just that because theirs are like blue it like it adds another element to it but even for like lancelot and some of the other characters i feel like it does add its own element to the movie like it being that vivid and that bright and clear so yeah, yeah. it really pops um and then like people from the caravan like sees them uh sees them together it's like who is this peasant and they like you know try to like attack him mm-hmm. um, just like it's the king then, yeah it's the king um and then um the look on arthur's face is very much ain't i a stinker <laughs> and i loved it <laughs> um it was just like well what you gotta do um and then we he describes how he became king mm-hmm. he was a squire to sir Kay. Um, when Pendragon died, he was 18, and whoever, um, like, could pull the sword out of the stone, like, would be king. Mm-hmm. There was this big tournament, Sir Kay, like, forgot his sword. I was like, that's the one thing you're supposed to have a tournament. Honestly. Like, like, did you have your armor? Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, burn. <laughs> Suck it, Sir Kay. Um, and he was like, saw that sword and be like, oh, I thought it was like a memorial. I'll put it back couple tries able to get the sword out king of england Um, which here's my thing because this is not the only movie where i've seen that be the way he gets the sword like it wasn't like an intentional thing he wasn't trying to compete for it he just saw it it was like oh i need a sword like i'm gonna grab this one and every time i have questions because because he even says that he thought it might have been like a war memorial or like something like that. He didn't know why it was there and the sword was clearly like inside the stone. And I was like, I understand being lazy. Like, trust me, I get it. But like, <laughs> but did you really think it was appropriate to just be like, oh, look at this unattended sword that's obviously here for like an important purpose. Let me just grab this one. It doesn't matter. No one's going to notice. Like, what was your plan? Sure. Sword, sword fighting was was life, you know. You gotta do what you gotta do. Okay? Ball is life. Sword, <laughs> swords are life. Tilting, uh, you know. Sword fighting. That's fair. Knight stuff. Also, the thing that bothers me is that, especially for knights, which I don't know how, um, how specific or how complex like sword making was back in this time, but like swords have different sizes and lengths and widths and balances and like you train with your sword and especially when you're a knight like your sword is your sword and yeah you can end up getting multiple or using another one if you have to but like especially if you're going to into a duel you're going to want to use the sword that you're that you've trained with and i feel like you wouldn't want to just grab a random like would you rather have no sword, Raven? No, he was already... The, the guy sent him back to get his sword, and I feel like he would notice if he was like, this is not my sword. What if... A better it, sword. Yeah, what if he realizes, like, oh, maybe it's lost. Maybe I don't have time to get his sword. That's fair. I just have a lot of objections. <laughs> Obviously. Um, so anyway, um, then Arthur does say to uh, Guinevere... If you still don't want to get married, I'm not going to force you to, and I will provide you like safety and passage mm-hmm. home. And then she's just like, Ooh. she's like, uh, that's hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then we get into uh, a reprise of Camelot. Um, more small talk. The chorus joins. It's very much welcome to Camelot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get into kind of like their marriage ceremony with a sinful How? number of candles. <laughs> 
<laughs> How long do you think it took them <laughs> to do that? Because they're also oh, different stand like heights and everything, and just there was there was no CGI, and there's so many, and they're so close together. Like if you tipped one over, oh my gosh. I would have been terrified. Oh, yeah. All, all that paper mache, mm-hmm. you know, for me. Oh, yeah. For, for something, someone, yeah, yeah would have gone up. And her long-ass train. I would have been so oh, scared to accidentally knock one of them over. Oh, <laughs> wild. Um, I know a de- just a, a decadent wedding, you know, but when, when you're king of England back, back then, yeah. you know, that's just kind of par for no. the course, I guess. Everything is regal and, you know. Beautiful. I'm literally. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, like I, I, I really enjoy the the opening for a lot of reasons. It's you know what 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 you said earlier about it being vibrant mm-hmm. with the colors, you know, also with the, the the songs, and I like how it covers the, you know, traditional legend, like you yeah, because it, it it mentions King Arthur's old in a old, succinct old way, Wart, you know, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, it, it, it it's like you know it's stuff that you would find in the T H White books, but it's also stuff you would find in the original Mallory text, and 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 so you know mo- more often than not people would probably read the the T H White bit, mm-hmm. but you know if, if if you you know ended up wanting to to go back to read the original Mallory stuff, it's pretty. Re- readable like yeah. it, it it's it's older english but you can read it and know know what they're talking about but it, it's all there yeah. in the 60s yeah this this opening period of time i think did a really great job at like filling in on like all i mean all the backstory um really establishes like the who the char- the main characters are very well mm-hmm. within like two songs and they were the same song yeah um they were able to like accomplish a lot like Pretty succinctly. Yeah. And it didn't feel too short. Yeah. It was really interesting because... Um, felt complete. Yeah, like, I I remember when I when I looked up and I was like, I feel like I'm... I feel like we've gone through a lot of the story already. I looked up and I was like, it's only been, like, 20 mm-hmm. minutes, you know? But yeah. we've already, like, learned so much. Yeah. Because really, the only other main character to, to meet at this point is Lancelot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then, um, we... I guess we, like, cut. I don't know if it's to, like the next day or like a few days later or whatever. Um, but we cut to presumably Arthur's like bed chambers and this girl's hair is messed up. Um, they were, they were, they were, they were having some fun last night, apparently. Um, also the, okay. So this is, I think this was the first scene where like the cinematography started confusing me because there's so many like abrupt cuts that yes. I, I don't know if it was that like there were two or three different takes and so they were using like different shots from them like depending on what was best but it was like it it always felt jarring a little bit in the way that they in the way that they were edited together which like only happened in like it only happened in like a few major spots throughout the movie but anytime it happened it was just very jarring i don't know if you guys felt that way too yeah, I, I I guess for for me it wasn't super super jarring, but it did like kind of kind of stand out as a <clears throat> just something from a di- different time of movie making. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like there 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 were moments that 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 made me go, all right, this is a Warner Brothers film, <laughs> but it, it but 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 it it also is like you know it's a musical yeah. and it's kind of kind of kind of campy and yeah. And so you know they 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 weren't as serious. It was more just you know 
if, if one scene happened to work out better, you yeah. know, they probably <laughs> smacked it in. Yeah, um, that, that's a fair point. That's a fair point, actually. Um, and so we see, like, story-wise, we see Arthur is kind of, like, slowly coming up with this idea for... Proposition. Yeah, he, he starts every idea with, like, a proposition. proposition. I actually think it's really funny. I love that. Because, um, you know... It's like, it's like it's shower thoughts yeah. is what he's having. But it's also like, it's also like, because I do that when I go, question. And I just, like, I felt mm. really heard. Answer. Not really seen by Arthur. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's kind of, like, coming up with the idea for the Knights of the Round Table. Um, and he's like, you know, there's this whole idea of, like, might makes right. And because, like, these knights are such big bad guys who can kind of like fight anybody and defeat any foe they can sort of do whatever they want and he was like but what if they chose to do good with that power like what if we all chose to be decent humans together <laughs> um yeah. And yeah and so and he's kind of like explaining all of this to, to Guinevere mm-hmm. and like we hear more about kind of like his um education with Merlin mm-hmm. he was like yeah he would change me into animals or he'd be like or he made you think you were changed into an animal I was just like oh so he was drugged yeah, that's, that's cool <laughs> um and I'm glad they go back into that later yeah. on and like in sort of the stone he straight up does yeah. that um <laughs> And really cool mobile uh, bath he has yeah. that they like wheel him out on. I'm into that. I, I think I I think I could be into that. That was that was an interesting contraption because I was like, what situation could arise where you direly need to continue bathing, but you also direly need to move to a different location? <laughs> I was confused, yeah. but cool invention. <laughs> yeah. So. In conclusion, uh, proposition, a round table, they have a bunch of flyers that they send out, mm-hmm. a flyer campaign. They throw, they just they litter. Just they just throw them out of the out castle. Of the it's, it's, not, it's not like the castle is immediately like next to the town or like people. Mm-hmm. It's a castle. It's guarded. It's like somewhat secluded. It's probably a buffer. Yeah, there's probably mm-hmm. a buffer. That, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. The flyers are just out the window. And they just probably either go back inside because of like the wind draft, or they just mm-hmm. are just in the courtyard. Page get to the to the, the thing he's bottles. already shouted throughout the <laughs> castle. They don't need a flyer. Also, um, not to be rude, but <laughs> I please be rude. We when have to say so when they're spreading the news, um, and they're like he like sends writers out, and they're like passing out the pamphlets and passing out the flyers and everything. Um, they pass this group of people who are working a farm and they're like tilling and working some crops and everything. And he hands them one of the flyers and then just like rides off and they start reading it. And I'm just like, not to be rude, Can't... but this is 10th century England and you're a <laughs> serf. Can you read? <laughs> like, just... Maybe it's a pit. Maybe it's like a picture or something <laughs> <laughs> literally a round <laughs> table like a, like a four-year-old like a uh, crown drawing or that yeah that's, <laughs> does, a, does a table come sit at the that's fair smiley face right, that's sure. fair i was just like i would be, the corner, I would be real with you i don't like i don't think you can read <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah I, I i really like that that whole bit period where he's coming up with the idea because he does a lot of that kind of whispering and grumbly stuff where mm-hmm. he's like might for right yeah jenny yes you might feel right <laughs> proposition yeah proposition. if um it's better to be alive than dead so why do we have wars yeah why do we because kill people then you can die 
Has, no one's ever thought of this before. I am the first greatest king of England. That that's like the theme of like a lot of those statements. That's fair. Yeah, and and you know that that that's a good quote to highlight and to to try to you know dig, dig into because you know the the JFK administration was yeah. referred to as Camelot, mm-hmm. and it was you know all about the optimism that was being felt during that period of of, of time that like we 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 could end mm-hmm. you know um, you know war and just go on to have a great. Future and and stuff. So you know, it's a uh, yeah, it, it it's a really cool um, you know concept that kind of goes throughout the musical. Yeah. And you know, just if 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 you look into the JFK part afterwards, you can kind of see places where you know they overlap. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I never I never really thought about that. And I I will say like to his credit, I mean, we do see later on in the movie that a lot of his efforts do come to fruition. Like he does like he does successfully create like a prosperous kingdom. Like the people are doing well, you know? So I will say um like a lot of that optimism did kind of pay off and like a lot of his efforts to make England a good place to live and like a prosperous place like did kind of work. So, yeah. Which is cool to see later on. Well, yeah, and like you know, you you have the 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 success of the early part, mm-hmm. and then you know, mm-hmm. like eventually it t- turns in, into you know challenges mm-hmm. and you know trials and tragedy and stuff, and like that kind of kind of mirrors how the early sixties si- si- had a lot of optimism, and then you know as as the de- decade went on, and then went into the set you know seventies for a lot of reasons, like they kind of followed the same you know same story yeah like, where it was like a great great start things were going well and like you know in the u.s everything kind of breaks down towards society the and then yeah then you had vietnam still going on and stuff yeah. and so yeah there are all the, those waves and you hear it you know in camelot and also in like the actual historical re- record for the 60s and 70s yeah yeah um so then as news is spreading about the land we see that it reaches all the way to france um, and so we see this castle in France um, with, a, I guess, Lord or Knight uh, Lancelot du Lac. Um, and well, he's not a knight yet. Yeah, he's not, yeah, yeah, that's true. He's not. A knight. He's like a fighter, soldier, warrior, whatever. Um, and we get into the song "C'est Moi," which is probably the boldest display of arrogance I've seen in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Let's 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 get into Lancelot, um, played by Franco Nero. Um, he was in Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. He was uh, Mario Giuseppe. He was in John Wick Two. He was also in Cars Two. And why were so many people in Cars Two? It's it's just uh, him and Vanessa okay. and Grave, um, which is fun because they were like you know um, together an for a item. while. Um, an item. Um, he uh, actually though in 1992, the president of Italy. Um, did bestow upon him um, knighthood of the Italian Republic. Oh, that's cool. That's nice. So the he actor is a, is a knight. Franco Nero. Man, well, in, in the original um, Broadway uh, musical, uh, he was played by Robert Goulet, <laughs> which is a fantastic name, but Fra- yeah. Fra- Franco Nero is also a fantastic name, so I don't know how they did, did yeah. it. You know, with and do you know what's also a fantastic name? What? Lancelot. Facts. Dulac. Um, so yeah, so basically this song is him saying like, oh yeah, you know, 
King Arthur is gathering all these like wonderful knights from across the land to like serve him at his round table and you know if you're going to be chivalrous if you're going to be a knight like you have to be like the best man society can physically produce you have to be strong you have to he's be, just he's built just different. built different he is amazing he is the most pure the most godly the most everything um i'm buff i'm <laughs> tough and i haven't fucked that's lancelot and the thing i think the thing i love the most about this entire song is when he's riding away from the castle and the people on the hill waving to him it's the most half-hearted waving <laughs> like it's just, one guy is just like bye <laughs> uh, and i was just like oh yeah, out of here yeah this song this is how a knight should be but where is this knight where is this guy tis i i humbly reply um, tis i or not i said the frog um but yeah the, the line that <laughs> exceptionally brave amazingly bold is a uh, real the line that gets me is had i been made the partner of eve we'd still be in eden and i was just like damn <laughs> the ways of the flesh should offer no allure like so so you're so you're asexual <laughs> maybe 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 he's ace we don't know <laughs> and that's fine same uh, one, <laughs> Best by far. <laughs> I'm the godliest man I know. Yeah, yeah, the godliest man I know. Oh. What is this other bar? Yeah. What is what? In the beginning, I was like, "What is your accent?" It was, I couldn't figure it out because it changed. Yeah, because it's it changes, not French. No. <laughs> and he is Italian, mm -hmm. and I was just like, "Where? What?" I'm just trying what to. What are we going for here? I was just trying to get the pieces together. Continental Europe accent. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Like um, mix. Yeah, so then, uh, so he's writing all the way to Camelot. Um, this is a very minor detail that almost certainly doesn't matter. But how many people are know. with him? Because we only see one guy physically with him, like his squire. But Dap. Yeah, but there's a... There's a, Played by Pierre Olaf. There's a quick oh gosh, scene gosh. when they're around the campfire and the guy's like, I guess, cooking or doing something. Where we see like three or four horses. I thought those were Arthur... Wait, no, no. Before he gets to Camelot? Before he gets to Camelot. Like, it's still okay. during the song. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't It doesn't matter. I was just like, mm, who's with you? Like, who is, the, who is this possible? Well, I mean, it, there, 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 there might, might have been just, just one other guy, and then the, the additional horses were there to, like, carry. Like, pack mills. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But, like, yeah, like, I, I, I remember, you know, reading some, some, at some point during high school that, you know, when, when a knight was traveling around, he always had... Like at least two, two or three other people yeah. to kind of like gather stuff and do things for him. Also then, safer. Well, well, yeah, yeah, because like, because even you know, if you're a capable fighter, like you still don't want to be mm -hmm. facing all that stuff alone. And then um, a lot of times, like a lot of the armor that they used um, yeah, was right. very like you needed multiple people to help you put it on. You know, it's so, like their standard <laughs> yeah. like tunics and stuff like that. Like yeah, he could wear that by himself, but anytime he was trying to suit up, you needed <laughs> at least like one or two other people. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great, great point. Yeah. Because yeah, like you know, you also needed somebody who knew, knew how, how to how to fix them. Mm -hmm. Like if if you got in a fight on the way over and they, you know, made made a big dent. You know, yeah. Oh, Lancelot doesn't have to worry. About oh, it. Well, yeah. No. <laughs> if it was Joe Average night. And also, and also like having yeah. people. Sir Joe Average. Sir. Another thing, another thing people don't think about is also like properly like not even, um, like as part of taking care of them like properly like polishing them. 
and like storing them because like there was a specific way that you would like wrap them in cloth and like store them and stuff like that so they wouldn't scratch each other dent each other while they were like in your bags um and i think i think a lot of people like think that they would like polish them to kind of just like look shiny like knight in shining armor but it's like you need it to polish it to keep the metal like oiled and keep it from rusting yeah. and all that type of stuff so yeah it, it took a lot of up like upkeep to actually be a knight in armor <laughs> yeah yeah for yeah. sure um and then i was confused at this next part because then like you know uh someone on a horse like rushes past i was like oh is this like an intruder i don't understand what's yeah. happening anymore <laughs> um and so lance um i thought it was another knight who was this coming. dude up like, I thought it was another was knight confused. who was coming to Camelot. Didn't know what was happening. Uh, and then Lancelot's like, oh, you thought. Strikes him to the ground. And then he's like, do you know who I am? I'm You're I'm talking to a greatest... former, a future U.S. Army soldier. <laughs> that is such a great vibe. And that's exactly what happened. That's literally what he was like, I was like, I'm going to be the like the best knight uh, in King Arthur's court. Um, well, he said, he said, he said, you are facing the right arm of King Arthur. And I'm like, you haven't even met the man yet. <laughs> well, technically, well, technically he has. Because that man <laughs> is King, King Arthur. Arthur. And he was like, and you're then, who now? <laughs> and he's just like, oh, fuck. He was, so, he feels so bad. Oh, um, uh, for, <laughs> um, it's like, I struggle, forgiving me, I'll suffer even more. I'm just like, what kind of, Dude, what who are you? is this guy? And, and, and then King Arthur is just like, oh, you know, like it's you're just, very... I get my strength from purity. I get my, I, get my skill from, I get my skill from training and my strength from purity. And Arthur's just like, well, that's a unique recipe. Yeah. Uh, Lance basically hits him to the ground. I'm so sorry. I've been coming weeks and that makes me strong. And King Arthur is just like... Uh, all right, so stand up, like, Carry uh, on. what? Man, I sure am getting fuck. crazies with this round table. Oh my god. But I also love when he's just like, oh, this, you know, like, send me on a mission, like, let me, like, basically do your bidding, like, let me save you, like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, don't have any missions, but we we do have a picnic going on that's hella fun. And he's just like, knights gathering flowers? And he's like, well, someone has to do it. <laughs> love it. I love this entire exchange. Oh, and then he was like, oh, I'm Lancelot. And then Merlin told Arthur mm -hmm. Lancelot is the name of his, who's going to be his greatest yeah. name. Yeah. Um, he was like, that was before I even had a table. So he <laughs> does indeed know the future. Um, yeah, this, this this court is the kind of court I would have loved to be a uh, part of. Like when, when I was a, a high school student reading this, this stuff, I'm like, this sounds great. Like, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't think I'd actually fight in anybody, but I'd love to really like just be there and have all the pageantry and, you know, the cool castle. I just yeah. love the way castles look and, and stuff. But yeah, Lancelot is quite a, quite a character. You know, he, he to say in, the least. In the, in the, the, in cheers. The, ah, cheers. T-H-Y bit. He's, he, he's not as, as crazy. Like, he, he seems to have more of, like, like a Heath Ledger kind of cool vibe going. Yeah. In the actual book. But, yeah, this, 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 this guy, you know, that was just his way of acting. He's deeply religious, and it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> like, very, uh, um, young life counselor yes um and so yeah and so then we uh we get into we go to the picnic and we get into the song the lusty month of may it's may 
Oh. My. God. <laughs> this song. They are just. So horny. Having group sex. <laughs> it's orgies. Time of month. Yeah. No, it's just, it's just a summer orgy. Super voyeuristic. Um, yeah. <laughs> Every maiden itches for fun. Wholesome. Or, or un, which is which is a really fun. And line. Then I think there was there was another one where she says something something every whim, um, proper or m. Yeah. yeah, which yeah. I I, I just I love that wordplay. I love it. Yeah, I'm glad Jenny was able to have her hot girl spring. Yes, she needed it. She deserved it. Um, she worked hard for blissfully it. Blissfully astray. Um, they're so fucking forny. Also, this entire scene is like the definition of frolic. Yeah. Like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Raven. Thank you. Like, if anyone wants Amazing. to know what the difference between like frolicking and like skipping or just having fun is, all of this scene. <laughs> um, the month of yes, you, you may. may. <laughs> It's just, it's really fun wordplay. I do really like it. Um, and then I did write down, I don't understand this movie. I, this is, I didn't know what to expect from this movie. Um, it wasn't this. Yeah, I was, I was like. I, but I'm glad I'm I don't here. know what I expected from a, a story about like Arthurian legend, but it wasn't Guinevere having a group orgy in the middle of the forest with all of the other knights. Which I don't understand <laughs> because it seems like they're very um, sexually open and free and fluid. Which to me wouldn't have jibed with like the time. The main conflict in the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, the everyone breaks vows and makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. Everybody <laughs> mistakes everyone makes divine mistakes the last yeah it's wild it's Love. gay it's great um and then we see this random um rusted <laughs> knight in the woods uh with a crown and the first thing i wrote down was like is is that knight wearing a crown who the fuck is this i was guy? really confused and it is uh uh sir pelinor king um, pelinor King Pelinor. Mm-hmm. Well, king of what? <laughs> king of what, Raven? Facts. He lost his kingdom. The only, the oh, only okay, note I have for his appearance was, this man needs an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, Lionel Jeffries, uh, he was in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, uh, uh, Rich Tea and Symphony, The t- uh, Trials of Oscar Wilde. Um, really funny guy. He is amazed with the concept of a bed, which uh, concerned me about how he has been living recently um, with whatever kind of, you know, neurological um, unwellness he has been experiencing. Um, Super, super rusty. Um, Cannot find him to save his life. And then we get into the best line of the movie, which is, it was like, uh, have you seen, like, uh, there's... Oh, we're in Camelot. Oh, I, I knew a boy here once. Wart, uh, he's like, uh, have, you, have you ever met him? And <laughs> Guinevere's like, ever met him? Constant. He's my husband. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> that is, I think, my favorite She's line. So it is, she is so coy. She's so coy. She's so quick. She is, she is just as quick as a, as a, you know, uh, uh, quick as a, yeah. Mm-hmm, that. <laughs> That, you know, that the thing, that, the thing <laughs> with the place and the stuff and the oh guy. Oh my gosh. Um, um, yeah, so they kind of just like take him in 
And they're just like, you clearly... Yeah, in a bed? A real bed? Spying to feathers? Which no one has ever said (laughs) in the history of the world before or since this movie. (laughs) Well, like, this is the the Is this back okay? (laughs) Well, this is the the point where I I, want to recommend to anybody who's listening who hasn't read it yet to just read the once in few, few... Future King, because King Pelinor is one of the funniest characters mm-hmm. in yeah. the entire thing, and and he he's at the, at the very very start, so you know you'll you'll get it immediately. But I remember that being like him him being the the character. I was just like, this is amazing writing, and this guy is funny. Yeah, uh, this he, he does that feather bed so bad. <laughs> this guy does such a great job in this movie. Yeah. Um, like because uh, with say a lot more like serious films, like his character would definitely be the comic relief. And it is hard because in Camelot, everyone's kind of the comic relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether I think whether they're intended, intended to, to be or not, or not. Um, yeah. But but he does a really the good thing job. I, the, and I, I don't know if it would be more appropriate to bring this up later. But the thing I specifically like about his character is like the it's the little details that make him funny. Because you can tell one he's not trying to be funny; he just is. Um, but like yeah. later on, when he's in the I guess the the main hall or whatever with Arthur and his scarf is just ridiculously long. Like just like little things like that. You just see him like shuffling along with the scarf dragging along the ground. Hilarious. Love it. I like how they let him keep wearing a crown. <laughs> it's like when you have like, Anno, when you're like a really little kid and like you go to Burger King and like little <laughs> kids like find something that they like. I was like, oh yeah, the Spider Man costume. I want to be Spider Man every single day. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of let them. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just let them be them. You All can be right, King. <laughs> Pal, yeah. You can be. You can be King, sure. Yes. And they're like, he needs this. <laughs> let him, let him oh, have Pally. it. <laughs> like, look at his armor. He needs this. Um, yeah. And so then. Guinevere is introduced to Lancelot, mm-hmm. and Guinevere is not is having him. Not about this man. Um, have you jousted with uh, humility? And he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with the word." <laughs> <He's> saying, <laughs> then, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and then, like in French, it's the same. Yeah, I'm like, well, no, it's it's on. more pretentious because it's French, Campbell. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, and he was like, oh, yeah, I've never lost. I'm the best around. That's never going to bring me down. Um, and so it's like, oh, there's a tournament next week. You should participate. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. And she was like, okay, bye, dude. Get the fuck out of my yeah. face. And then she <laughs> like, immediately turns to Dinadan and she's just like, who are our three best knights? Y'all go fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> this is when we're, you know, this was foreshadowing. She's about bloodshed. <laughs> Clearly. Um, which we see, um, in the song, Take Me to the Fair. Which, this song, I also really love. So, it, like, so like, what you guys were talking about with Camelot, which I like, I like Camelot, I'm, but everything you guys said about Camelot, that's how I feel about this song. Just, like, the kind of lilting mm. style to the music and just the way the, the melody rises. I love it. I love it so much. And I know, I was joking around before, I was like, it's Pride Month, I was looking, I'm gonna think everything's gay in this. Did you think this song was weirdly homoerotic? Yes. Oh, totally. Okay. Good. I thought it was okay, intended so, to be. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, because they're just like basically we're going to like have sex with him. <laughs> um, uh, so Guinevere is talking to who does she talk to first? She talks to um, 
um, so Sir Lionel. Sag- Sagramore. It, it's yeah, it's the Lionel. it's not yeah it's the one who's not Sagramore and it's not Dinadan because <laughs> she talks to Sagramore so second and Dinadan third yeah. Okay, so uh, Sir Lionel played by Gary Marshall. Um, he is the first person she talks mm-hmm. with. Um, and she was like, you know how I said you could take me to the fair? And he's like super excited about it. And so at this point, I thought she was like, you know, having some sort of relations with like other people. I thought it was just like, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, this was, based on this, okay, so this was also something that was confusing to me, um, about kind of the movie overall is that you're not given a clear sense of timeline. Like you, you know, the order everything happens in, I guess, to be clear, but I have no concept of how much time has passed since Arthur came up with the idea and like and spread the news about like yeah. the Knights of Montaigne. I assume it's been probably at least a couple of years for like people to hear about it and come join and like for her to be this familiar with them and stuff like that. But like yeah. no concept of how much time has passed. So yeah, I was like, I don't know if she's just being really friendly or if she has like an intimacy with these guys. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, He's like, you know how I said, like, the fair that's coming up, you can take me? Well, I think it's only right that, like, the best, strongest knight can take me, and that's not you. It's Lancelot. And he was like, oh, I will kill him. I will (laughs) prove my worth. Um, And so she, like, is, like, just, you know, stirring the pot. And was like, oh, yeah, why don't you, like, challenge him at the next tournament? And he was like, I know... I, I don't have the lyrics written down, but like he was like, oh, she's like, oh, so what are you gonna do to him? And he was like, oh, I'm gonna do this. Oh, every like, every single one of them are straight up like, I will chop his head off. <laughs> but it was like the the different um, like metaphors and like the verbiage that yeah. was. They, it was all related to penetration. Yep. Um, no, no, totally. Every single mm-hmm. one, uh, all of them, and so I was just like, ooh, oh my god, what's going on? Yeah, because Sagamore, I think he was the one with the spear. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that, so that's the next one. It was like, you know how I said you could sit next to me at the ball? Um, actually, I think I would like uh, better company, Lancelot. Yeah. Um, and uh, Sagramore, who is he played by? Uh, uh, Peter Bromelow. Um, he, exactly what you're saying, he has a spear and there is like, oh yeah, I will like spit roast him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he said like spread him is like one of the lyrics mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I'm like... These people need to, like, take a shower. Like, they need to <laughs> also, calm down. Also, my thing is, like, one, I, I understand if she just wants him defeated, like, knocked out of peg, but she full-on wants this man dead. And then, like, yes. when, uh, with the whole spear scene, like, I, I liked this little addition, but they did not address it at all. At the end, with Sagamore, he, like, throws the spear to demonstrate his, like, prowess, and they both make a face and just like walk away really quickly. I'm like, did he just kill someone? Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, yeah the, 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 the faces are fantastic. <laughs> like, I, I, I really like that, that that song for all the different things that the knights say, you know. And some, some of my, my, my favorite lines are um, his spine will be lo- lonesome for his head. Yeah. And also, like, oh, yeah, I will ser- ser- serve him en brochette. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the, and, the wordplay, just, just like yeah. in general throughout this entire movie, the wordplay is super clever. And they have crazy eyes and stuff while they're singing, yeah. singing it. Like, yeah, because they. And then uh, the third part of the song, um, Guinevere is we- wearing this weird. It's like a chainmail dress. Woven um, sun hat is what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, gotcha. Um, and it's Sir Dinadin, um, and 
he is uh, played by Anthony Rogers, um, who also um, was in the uh, first season of Doctor Who. Oh, you like that? He was a censorite. Oh. And I believe it was with the first Doctor, um, William Hartel. Okay, Hartnell. interesting, interesting. So anyways, like, oh, you know how uh, I said you could, like, escort me to the cattle show? Not gonna happen. Yeah. It's gonna be Lancelot instead. Um, I really liked the use of uh, vivisect. <laughs> that was the, vivisect. Yeah, him. that was that was a great use of that word. Vivisex him. Am I right? <laughs> Campbell. So anyway, um, and I'm glad the dog was there. And then they're like all like drinking together. I'm just like, oh, so they're all going to sleep with each other. Mm-hmm. That's like what this is going to. Be. Especially the way um, they like leered at him when they were walking out. There. It was very that one Scrubs episode where JD, uh, I, you know, I, I was like, I don't know the title of this episode. I absolutely know the title of this oh, episode. No. It's My New God, where um, Doctor Cox's son is going to be baptized and his sisters in town. And the janitor says to JD, he was like, hey, help me move. Um, and he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, and there's like, oh, you should have told him. And at, later on, the janitor walks by and it's like deep, like chanting <laughs> music. And he's just giving a death glare while he's like walking away <laughs> yeah. at JD. It was very bad. Oh my gosh. I know exactly what you're talking about, which makes me sad. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they basically all like leer at him and they're basically. And again, another time, like with the cinematography, I was like, they're looking right at me and I'm very uncomfortable. It was, yeah. Cause your, your perspective, like the camera perspective was from Lancelot's perspective. So it was like, they were looking you in the eyes and I did not enjoy it, <laughs> which might've been the effect yeah. they were going for. So, <laughs> new edict. I hope Lance wrecks their shit. <laughs> yes, but it's like this is oh. this is the point where it's just like, at this point they're like starting to just like be mean to him, which like yeah, granted yes he is him. he is very arrogant but like you you can also get the sense especially in this next scene where like we see like Arthur and King Pelinor talking um and like they all kind of like walk into that like they're all like in that big room together like. To me, you do... This is like, this dude has no hobbies. Yeah, to me, like, you do get the sense that, yes, Lancelot is very arrogant, but it's more of, like, he knows his skill. Like, it's more of, like, yeah, he's very good at what he does, and he knows he's very good at what he does, because he dedicates his entire life to it. And it, it's past the point of, like, oh, my gosh, this guy's so cocky. More of, like, you're just bullying him at this point, and it's not nice. And now yeah, I want I him like to it. win, because fuck you guys. <laughs> Because before I was just like, oh, this guy, I hope this guy just like loses and stuff. But at this point, I'm like, oh, y'all are just being yeah. mean. He's just like, what he's doing is being very devoted to their king, who that they love. Yes. Yeah. And honestly, y'all are it's just fine. jealous. Yeah. <laughs> y'all just hate us. <laughs> hate me because you ain't me. Um, and so, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So, so then we get into this room. Uh, we see Arthur King and Pelinor is like, you, you need to get a hobby. You need to calm down with all this stuff. But I was like, he's doing his job. He's fine. But also, he was like, yeah, real quick. Just I know minor, I'm a fanatic. Minor detail. Um, is Arthur playing with action figures? Yeah. <laughs> like medieval ones, but like action figures. Yeah, king shit. <laughs> cool. Just, just wanted to check in there. <laughs> Oh yeah, I saw no, I had no qualms with it. <laughs> it's just like I, actually, I like paused it and I was like, fun. "What is, what is that, Arthur, buddy boy? What's, what's, what's going on there?" Um, and then, uh, Guinevere comes in and like you know, like chews out um, Lancelot yeah. and says stuff like, uh, "He suffers in translation." Um, 
talking to Arthur, but he's just, like, so mean to him. And Lancelot, like, I did, like, how at the very end, he, like, kind of, like, stands up for himself, and he's like, good night, King Arthur, good night, Pelinor. And then walks away, yep. like, fuck you, Gwen. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, not saying yeah. shit to you. Yeah, and then um, Arthur finds out that Guinevere is given all his, well, the tournament, he's going to be challenged, right, on the same day, jousting against all those yeah. knights. Which is a lot. Like, um, you don't normally joust, like, compete in multiple competitions like that back-to-back, because, like, jousting is incredibly dangerous, and you can die. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and he was like, oh, can you give your favor to Lancelot? He's like, you know, my, like, right-hand man, stuff like that. And she's like, oh, I've already done all this stuff. Yeah. And um, she was just like, why? Are you jealous of, like, me and the other knights? And he's like, no, I am not jealous. I'm just... You're being real. You're being, you're being mean. A bitch. Like, what are you doing? And he's just like, it's like, well, I will stop um, if my king orders me to do so, commands me to. And she's like, and he asks, he's like, would you ever forgive me? Oh, she's like, oh, never. I would never forgive you if you commanded me as a king. Yeah. And she was like, but if you did it, I would happily, do, I would happily oblige. Yeah. It's like, what about like as your husband, like as the love of like each other's lives, like can you do me like this favor? And she was just like, no, fuck you. Yeah. And I'm like. I felt so bad for Arthur. Because yeah. he's in such a he's in such a predicament here. Um That she that caused. she's causing. She just doesn't like him personally yeah. and wants him dead. And once again we've seen she is heavily in favor of bloodshed. So Yeah. And then we get into the song, uh, How to Handle a Woman. Which I will say A lot of running and posing. With this, <laughs> with this, That's when, he was, how when he was running around the room and like jumping to blow out the torches, I was like Arthur, I'll be real with you. You could look more kingly in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's alone. He's fine. But, like, wearing um, fur. This is this is like uh, everywhere. Everyone has like wears like three masks. Um, when uh, your truest self, Arthur, alone, he's climbing up trees. <laughs> he's doing you know, boys will be boys, like parkour, <laughs> blowing out candles, super cool. Um, uh, I will say, when this song first started, I was prepared to be offended. Um, but then I was like, oh, no, that's actually kind of cute. How they were just like, oh, like the way you handle a woman, like the way you like interact with a woman is just like to love her, like be a human, yeah. love her, show affection, like show kindness, show empathy. And yeah. it's just like, yeah, because we're people too. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in the beginning, he was like, fuck you, Merlin. You never told me how to <laughs> talk with girls. If, he was like, you made me be every kind of animal, but you didn't make me a woman. Why so didn't how you am turn I supposed me to... into a girl? <laughs> so it was like the opposite of if I were a boy by Beyonce. Yes. is the <laughs> yeah. beginning of this song. Um, and this is just this this entire song. The movement is so manic, and it made me realize um, they don't really dance a lot in this musical. No, not really. It's more singing and jawing. the most the most dancing <laughs> the, the most dancing they did actually was um the lusty month of may and that was mostly like kind of twirling Rolling and, roll- and yeah humping <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was no no raven we already said it was it was frolicking, it was frolicking. <laughs> frolicking uh, in, a, in, in a circle yeah <laughs> i will say the, the orchestration is really pretty mm-hmm. here um if you can like take like if you listen to this on a record it would sound beautiful it does but seeing it does take away from that some. Yeah. Those, like, I don't know, just beautiful, you know, uh, thousand-yard strings kind of, like, moments, stuff like that. I, I can see that, too, because I feel like I really like the music. I didn't love the scene. 
Um, yeah. But I, I think that's also because, like, I, I don't watch a lot of older movies, and so a lot of, like, older cinematography really throws me off, especially close-ups like this. Because I, I don't know if it's part of the scene because of, like, like if it's meant to be, like, part of the, the set and setting, I guess, or if it's just the nature of, like, stage lights and stuff like that. But, like, the, the kind of shine on their face, like, from the lights and just, like, the oils on your face and, like, sweat and stuff like that, um, it does not appeal to me. <laughs> and there were a lot of close-ups. Lan- Lancelot is sweating a bunch. Yeah, <laughs> and there were a lot of close-ups in this movie. And, and this close-up, it was, like... I see what you're going for, and I, I respect it for what it is, and I really like the music, but I don't love the visual of this scene. But yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get into the tournament, mm-hmm. the fair, and these are the most terrifying Legend of Zelda Majora masks masks <laughs> I have so ever seen. They're terrifying. Also, I was confused. I was like, why, I. I'm not exactly a, a history buff on tournaments like this, but like I'm not familiar. Just normal buff, I'm, yeah, you know. Um, but like I'm not familiar with there being mass used like this. Like during a, during the ball afterwards or the feast afterwards, sure. But like I was like, why would you need a mask? It was the very like what what are those? Um, what is it called? Um, yes, words English. Like um, like the mask parties. The mask orgy part. Oh, eyes wide shut. Is what it felt like. Yes, mm-hmm. that's what it was. I see it, and it makes me more uncomfortable. <laughs> oh yeah, that was my first thought. <laughs> Wild. Um, so yeah, we're at the tournament. Um, so we, we see that um, sick horse armor. I oh, have yeah. to say, I love horse the armor. The horse and like armor the dressing so for the horse, cool. Oh, so cool. Yeah, the especially for I think it's Sagamores that has um, like the antlers mm-hmm. on like the horse yeah. helmet. Oh yeah, it's sick as fuck. Also, something that I think is really cool about this, like obviously, like real knights and, and soldiers and stuff like that, like they trained their horses, like they had war horses that were used to kind of the war clamor horse. and noise and like all of the excitement and stuff that happens around battle. Um, but these are obviously acting horses, you know, they're not legitimate war horses. And I always respect the amount of training that goes into like animal actors, especially- I love these, I love these horse actors so Especially much. horses, because like horses are very, they're very high-strung creatures. It's very easy to startle a horse. It's very easy to get them scared, to kick, or to run off, or whatever. Um, and so it takes a lot of working with them and a lot of patience to get them to do a scene correctly, um, and especially in like battle scenes where they have to fall down at a certain time or something like that. And I just really respect the work that had to have gone into getting the horses to like kind of cooperate and really work well for this for these jousting scenes. And it's just like... I don't know. And I'm really glad when, especially when, you know, these animals are, like, treated well and stuff like that, there's, like, you know, different, or just, like, animal actors in general, mm-hmm. um, that there's, like, a lot of stories of, like, they're acting these roles, um, they usually can't do it for long, and sometimes actors then adopts yeah. the animals. Like, like um, uh, uh, Viggo Mortensen Sansa's... adopted his horse from Lord of the Rings. Lord of yeah. the Rings, yes. And Sansa uh, adopted a lady mm. from Game of Thrones. 
That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love when actors do that. It's really cool. Because also, like, just like um, horses, or just like animals and a lot of other, like, heavy demand uh, roles, like like racing dogs and stuff like that, like, eventually, like, they're just not going to be able to do it anymore, you know? And they, yeah. they need someone to take care of them. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, so Lancelot ends up defeating all of them because he... Well, okay, well, let's let's go through okay. it. Uh, because, like, the... So first is Sir Lionel gets fucked immediately. <laughs> um, and then uh, Guinevere is like, okay, okay, whatever, whatever. Sir Sagramore is just like, look at his... Uh, uh, what control he has over mm-hmm. his horse. And then he, like, gets fucked. And King Arthur's just like, ah. He controlled the horse control. right out from under him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Sir Dinadan gets a gets a good hit on Lancelot. But who who would have known that um, this guy, you know, Lancelot, um, lances a lot? Um, <laughs> who would have thunk it that maybe he's good at this? Um, and straight up, like, tears his armor off. Um, he falls over. Dinadad is Dinadad. And I'm I'm, I am proud of myself for saying that, Raven. <laughs> I am also proud of you. He did. Yeah. Um, and everyone's so, like, and Guinevere is just like, oh, I fucked up. Yes. And Lance Lance comes over. He's really sad. Grips him. And he's like, please, Crying please and, be alive. Yeah. At one point, I'm just like, kiss him. And this is and <laughs> um, this is also, again, where you see that, like, Lancelot isn't just a dick. Like, he's arrogant because he knows. No, he's it's just like, doing his job. He's, he's a little arrogant, but it's also just like he's confident in his abilities. And he knows what he, he can do. He said earlier, his body is perfect, his soul is not. Yeah. That's true. And, and like, and in this scene, to me, like, you see that, like, he, he is truly here for the brotherhood. He does want to be here to be part of this fellowship of knights and, like, fellowship of people, like, serving and working with King Arthur. And he's just, like, I, like, this was an exhibition. Like, this was a whole, like, tournament. He just wants the guys to like Yeah, him. and now, like, you're dead. <laughs> like, yeah. And that was also something that really, about, like, pissed me off about, like, Guinevere. Like, when she was, like, setting all this up, I'm like, jousting, like, while, yes, it was something that they... Um, just like a lot of like fighting and like wars and like all the stuff that kind of used to happen like but there was a moderately high mortality yeah like jousting is incredibly dangerous I'm just like it's one thing for to set it up for like yeah like they used it for like tournaments for like valor and honor and stuff like that but like there was a very there should be a very strong reality around it that it is incredibly dangerous and people did die regularly so it's just like, yeah. don't just set these guys up for this because you feel like being entertained. Like, yeah. yeah. So from Lancelot constantly edging, he has brought <laughs> Dinadan back to life. <laughs> he performs mi- miracles. Yeah, oh. I mean, he like his his power is um, divine, um, and so Guinevere like he lives, and Guinevere is like so apologetic. Yeah. And it's just like, thank you, and like bows to him and stuff like that. And they like really like see each other for the first time. And then we and cut really kind to... of like accept each other for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And then we cut to Lancelot like in his room and he's talking to Dap and he's like, hey, you, you, you're old as fuck. Like you, you're really old. You've like experienced wouldn't even begin to describe how old you are. I, I've never felt this way before. So Lance is horny for the first time in his life and he's just like immediately he's like i'm in love with guinevere yeah and then um um, we also see arthur's arthur's worried now he wasn't jealous before but like yeah he's he's picked up on some vibes yeah and he's just like i don't 
want to not trust them like it's not fair to them to like not trust them but like for the first time basically i'm I'm having doubts about what i'm seeing between them yeah. yeah which is interesting you said that i wrote this down earlier didn't bring it up something he says to because it, it was it was like Lancelot. a it was like a revision of a quote he had said earlier only fools never doubt yes is what he says to lancelot early on and then they do like the predator handshake <laughs> yeah cheers My... to our enemies <laughs> hey. both domestic and abroad <laughs> raven that's hilarious you're on it today thank you i don't know where that came from we're having a good showing for our friend um yeah and i forget exactly what she says there's something that guinevere says that basically is like oh yeah she loves him too yeah Yeah. that's that's like shortly after that's like another scene or whatever oh no no it's it's right after so arthur like is kind of upset and then lancelot goes to see guinevere that's what it was yeah and and he's just and he's like god forgive me but i love you and then she responds to him may god forgive us both then yes that's what it is yeah and so we know that they're both in love with each other and then we see the scene with arthur where he's like oh yeah they there's they have feelings for each other um and then when they're cheersing like he does a, a a toast with all of them um and he sees like they basically like lock eyes with each other well it's halftime sports fans um i don't i don't know why i said that anyway it's campbell from boost Coles. uh i'd like to tell you all about mr holland's opus foundation This foundation keeps music alive in schools by providing vital support services to school districts and new musical instruments to underfunded music programs nationwide, giving underrepresented youth access to the many benefits of music education, leading them to success in school, and inspiring creativity and expression through playing music. There have been over 34,000 donated instruments and over 2 million students impacted by this organization. Some of the support services they offer are professional development for music teachers led by certified uh, instrument repair technicians and further community engagement and instrument drives, just to name a few. Again, Raven and I believe the best way to support us as a podcast is to support organizations like Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation that supports music education and the passion of music in our youth. You can donate at mhopus.org slash donate again that's mhopus.org slash donate uh back to our nonsense okay professional into it want to get back into it uh i guess <laughs> cool so we are okay so now we're at like lancelot's getting knighted like officially oh did you get another beer yes oh cheers and you didn't cheer okay i haven't drank out of it yet chill <laughs> Um, yeah, so Lancelot is finally getting officially knighted as a knight of the round, of Arthur's round table. And so they're all like in their like fancy getups and stuff like that. Here's my thing. Arthur is wearing these like sparkly leggings. <laughs> and like I'm here for them. I'm just confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's all, all, also wearing a little, little bit of a... Uh... Ma- mascara too probably. oh yeah oh they're okay oh yeah this this is this is his emo face they for this sure is... wearing yeah they, he's for sure wearing like i um i think also a little bit of eyeshadow i'm not entirely sure um also um, i forget if it's here or like later but there's a close-up of guinevere where her eyeliner is on point like she has a full-on like cat eye and i'm like i don't think they did that in, in 10th century but <laughs> could be wrong well she's not like other girls she's not like so. other girls um yeah so so lancelot's getting knighted um 
Arthur like kind of stalks off Excalibur. by himself. Yes, yeah, we do see Excalibur. He uses it to knight him, um, and then we see him stalk off by himself to do his dramatic um, soliloquy with ominous bassoon. With ominous bassoon, indeed. The best kind of bassoon. Uh, yeah, and this is this is also where we see him like really starting to like share his doubts and like concerns for the future and stuff like that. Um, but then he's like, "But you know what? It's fine. Like we got the knights around the table. Like it's okay. Like I might be." over dramatizing this like i might be crazy yeah. blah, blah blah you know proposition i love my wife i'm a wife guy <laughs> proposition lance is my bro mm-hmm. bros before hoes i love both of them um, how can they they have, basically they how can they be me, this me yeah they have betrayed me in their hearts but then um, we see that he is a mature and then person he's like you know what this this is this is uh, my year, Arthur twenty twenty. <laughs> this is my time. Hashtag new year, my new time. Me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and he was like, "We are civilized. Mm-hmm. I will not. I'm not, not. I would not. I will not have them killed." Um, which which I love though because and then like, Camelot plays regally. Yes, but I love this because this is like this scene is literally a crash course in how to not be toxic because he's literally like he's literally like. <sighs> I see that they have feelings for each other, and that hurts me, and I'm upset by that. And I have, I have like, I'm, and his feelings I'm are justified valid, and... in being upset by that, but they're not trying to hurt me. Like, I, like, I doubt they've even acted on these feelings. You know, they, they, they both love me too. He literally, he literally said, they didn't ask for this. Though. Yeah, he's like, they, he's like, they can't control the fact that they feel feelings for each other. I'm sure that they're also feeling pain and feeling upset and feeling confused in this whole thing. So it's not fair for which me. we will get into in detail in one of the songs they sing yes. to each other. So like, it's not fair for me to punish them just because I'm upset. And I'm just like, yes. Yeah. I Arthur is great. He's a good, I, good guy in this. Mm-hmm. He really is because I feel like in a lot of times, like King Arthur is not portrayed like as great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, ah, I get it. I, I, I see what this sword saw. Sword saw. Indeed. Well, yeah, he, in, in, he's like, like, you know, part prob- sword, part probably saw. one, one of only a few, you know, me- medieval characters that could actually work these, these days, you mm-hmm. know, cause like, yeah, he, he, he he's kind of, se- you know, sensitive and, you know, he's, he's open to. Very progressive. To, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a progressive king. Yeah. You know, the round round table is one example, and then you know everything else with Lance which and we will get into bit. now because we see the round table in its entirety, where everyone's equal except for this one spot, this one massive throne. throne. <laughs> <laughs> but, but everyone I, else gets like school desks <laughs> and <laughs> really uncomfortable chairs. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do love that, that nice how like it's round, so there's no head of. I mean, there's still kind of a head because you're the king. Yeah, because <laughs> there's a throne. <laughs> but like, but like, there's no real head. Like, the symbolism's there. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is sort of the end of Act 1, um, quote-unquote, for Le Film. Also, I guess, from the original play that it was adapted from. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then, um, Arthur's, like, going around different towns, so they're in Glenfield, and the guy is saying, he's like, hey, we don't have doors. We don't <laughs> we lock anything up. We don't, <laughs> actually, take all the fucking keys of this town. You know why? Because we we feel safe. And I was just like, at first I was like, where is this dude going with it? <laughs> Our children are running amok in houses, out of houses. Honestly, we don't care. <laughs> honestly, at first, I thought he was like yelling at him. Like I thought it was bad. <laughs> yeah, that was his tone. <laughs> I thought he 
It's like I thought he was like I thought like, he was like we have no protection, we have no locks, we have no nothing. But then he was like, and it's great because we're feel safe. Here's all our keys. And I was just like, you went in a very a different direction, gift. sir. Here's a bunch of keys to doors we no longer have. <laughs> Which like I get the sentiment, but also it's like thieves and bandits Give still money. exist. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, by the end of this movie, I bet I bet they wish they still had doors. <laughs> they wish they still had those <laughs> and doors. locks. Yeah, I got that. Um, and then we go back to Camelot, mm-hmm. and Lancelot's fighting a knight, mm-hmm. and the knight's just like, "You fucked the queen." <laughs> like we all know it. Is no one going to say anything? We all know it. You you you're fucking the queen. Yeah. It um, has been for several then, years, which is also and, what like kind of clues us in like it's been at least a few thing. years yeah. since the yeah yeah yeah. And uh, Lancelot is like, you slander me. I was like, you're the worst liar. <laughs> dude. Like, uh, like I was, I was so like, dude, I haven't even been here and I know you're fucking the queen. <laughs> yeah, he's like, take it back. Take it back. And he like defeats him. Um, so he has two options. He can admit what he was saying was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, which he does. And so the king can the either king... grant him clemency, which is basically it's just yeah. like mercy. It's basically like you're going to be banished, yeah. but you're allowed, you're given your life basically. Or he, yeah. you are put to death for your slander against the, the knight or whatever. Yeah. And which I think so is, he, I think that's part of the code of chivalry. Yeah. Yeah. He is granted clemency and this is like the seventh or eighth night yeah. that this He's the seventh, to. I believe. For someone trying to institute cohorts, spoiler, um, and talk about, like, oh, there's no evidence. If eight separate knights are banished for speaking <laughs> this exact same thing, what do you define as evidence? <laughs> A sex tape? Because, like, like cameras don't fuck? exist yet, sir. Yeah, like, what What do you expect? Them to raw dog it, like, in front of everyone? <laughs> like, what's going on? Because also, also, my thing is, like, I understand... I understand, like, what they're kind of trying to accomplish of, like... I, I feel like from from this perspective of like, oh, you know, I'm going to make you take it back and all this stuff. It's basically saying like, oh, he wasn't telling the truth. Like, this is slander. Like, all like blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, for sure. And then I feel like from Arthur's perspective, because Arthur knows, but he doesn't know. You know what I mean? Like, he knows that they yeah. have feelings for each other. He knows all that stuff. But like, technically, he hasn't had physical proof like he hasn't seen them together yeah. you know what i mean and so I f- he's in denial yeah and so i feel yeah. like he's setting up these courts as like a w- plausible denial yeah he's setting up these courts as like a way to be like oh i don't have to keep killing people for saying the thing that i know is true or banishing people for saying the thing that i know is true but i can also pretend that it's not true you know but i'm just like but dude no one is fooling anyone like the entire city at this point knows they're together and all you're doing is making yourself kind of look bad. Yeah. And, like, I feel for you. I really do. But, like, you got to do something, dude. Yeah. He, he needs to kill Lancelot. But he's his best friend. He needs to kill Lancelot. Yeah. Or at least, like, banish him. Or send him on a mission so he can't fuck Guinevere. Yeah. Um, and so we find out Arthur is trying to institute courts also, sorry, to accomplish matters instead of duels. It's also kind of fucked because in theory, these knights, like each time, like the knight like comes forward and says like, hey, I caught you fucking the queen. And he's like, oh, you've like, 
challenged my honor so now now we have to have a duel but because lancelot is the best knight of course he's going to beat them so it's, it's like it's kind of fucked because but <laughs> this is a problem that arthur sees though. yes that's why he's like trying to institute court so that he can stop people. the trial by combat so it's not like you know the you know the strongest people are the ones that always win yeah. and always still like you yeah. know gets away with it's just it. a, it's just a whole fucked system but yes continue um, well, that was really good. Um, Finn. Uh, that's all I gotta say about the movie. Um, but then Lance goes to uh, Guinevere, and they're, like, in this weird hideout that they have, mm-hmm. that there's, like, a lot of the cinematography is, like, showing them, like, in a cage, which I'm like, you put yourself in here. Like, yeah. this is, if anything, Arthur's, like, letting y'all fuck. Um, I, did think, this is... I did think it was an interesting setting for this because yes it's a hidden little um not on very not di- enclave, dilapidated um alcove it's like a hidden little alcove yeah. but i'm just like but i i feel like it is intentionally dilapidated like for the purpose of cinematography like this could very easily yeah. be like it's still hidden and it's still, a lovely garden yeah it could yeah. it could still be like oh it's hidden and like a lot of people don't go here often but it's kept up but like no 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 yeah. like like from a cinematography standpoint it's intentionally dilapidated there's intentionally this cage here to kind of show that they're like trapped here so like that little detail i did really appreciate i thought that was cool yeah yeah um and we get into the song if uh, if ever i would leave you yeah um, which this is also which really sweet. This, the, this song, I was like, oh, I know this song. This was like one of the songs that I like actually knew like before mm-hmm. Camelot. Which it sounded really familiar where. to me, but I also yeah. couldn't po- like pinpoint the, the summer, the, the when he was like saying the seasons mm-hmm. um, wouldn't leave you at all. Like that which kind of it, stuff. I was just like, oh. It reminded me, it reminded me of, I think, Till You or Till There Was You from The Music Man. Yeah. Musically. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I really, I think this was a cool way to show their romance. Yes. How they like through the seasons. And so we have different flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get uh, kind of caught up. Yeah. Which like, I'm trying to think what musicals have we seen that they do like straight up flashbacks? Relatively few, especially in yeah. this style. Yeah. yeah. I like, yeah. it's funny. The only one I can think of is Barbie and the Diamond Castle, <laughs> but, um, They did have flashbacks. <laughs> they did have flashbacks, so not wrong. Um, but um, I, I did really like towards the end of the song what he was going through the seasons, like spring, summer, winter, or spring, summer, fall, winter. Um, how like it specifically lined it up with the flash, like with her in the, you know. I thought that was a, a yeah. cool detail. Um, yeah, like you know, they they if if they had you know done something in the movie to like you know make it seem like time had passed, like if Lan- Lancelot grew a beard or something mm-hmm. you know then that that that, that would have helped you know the timeline and the mm-hmm. you know the song probably would have been the exact same but because you know it's pretty you know hard to to know how much time has passed yeah. just by you know lo- looking at it that song is just beautiful and it serves a you know crucial like plot exactly we're like you, you can say at the very 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 least they've been you know together for an entire year yeah and they've been you know in, in love and something yeah, i was curious exactly. about that i was like okay so they're like together but i was like but how are they have like are they like sleeping together i was really confused i was like have you had sex this, i don't know <laughs> this clarified it i was like at one point where she walks in and he's like shirtless in his bed i was like oh okay they did the yeah and he makes Got he makes it. no Next. move to like get dressed once. or anything like that he's not even really yeah. surprised i'm just like oh yeah y'all fucked <laughs> yeah, yeah so we're just seeing that affair it's very like home movie-esque 
like montage. Yeah. Then, I don't know. I like it. Thing, okay, the thing that, and I get that this is a difficult situation to be in, um, but the thing that confused me Which about part? this sort of situation. So, Guinevere first met Arthur. They did legitimately have feelings for each other. Like they did legitimately love each other. And then she met Lancelot and she eventually fell in love with him and he fell in love with her. And so now she's having this affair with Lancelot. Is she still fucking Arthur? I would assume so. And if so, I just like... But maybe not. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. Because if not... Arthur is also fucking Lancelot. Uh, uh. Lusty month of May. Lusty (laughs) in your house. I was like, I understand Arthur's in denial mostly because of his own pain. He obviously sees what's going on between them. I'm just like, if she ain't fucking you, dude, like... You're really in denial because no, he loves yeah, her he does, and he loves Lancelot. But I don't, I don't think she necessarily. And, and there's another, there's another scene later on that I'll talk about when we get there. But like, mm-hmm. she doesn't necessarily not love Arthur anymore. She just yeah. really loves Lancelot. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I, I yeah, do think a good, like a good way to put it. Yeah, and and I I do think like I don't know. I was going to say I feel like the the movie could have maybe portrayed that better. I don't know how they would have though, but I feel like I feel like that is the hard thing about the story is that and the kind of the honest thing about the story is that like Guinevere's not evil. She's not a bad person. She just fell in love with someone after getting married. And she doesn't hate Arthur now. She doesn't want to screw no. him over. She just doesn't resent She doesn't him. resent him. He honestly doesn't even necessarily resent her. He's just hurting. You know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. As you can see from his um simple plan. <laughs> My chemical romance choice of uh, from his smoky eye. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 honestly a, a pretty good like human interest story set to yeah. Arthurian legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, and then so then they find like they kiss at the end, and the shot is it looks like they're physically in the middle cage. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we go to the court, and so there's King Pelinor. Um, he's like Arthur. I, I love I, you, dude. I, I'm so I love you, but like I just found out about something, and like I had to tell you. Mm-hmm. Lance and Jenny are sleeping together, yeah. and then Arthur loses his. Quick mind. thing. Yes. Um. So we've established we don't know entirely for sure how long it's been since the first act, but we've established it's been at least a year because of the song, "If Ever I Would Leave You." When we first met Eleanor. We established he didn't totally know where his kingdom was, but he did actively have the goal of going back there because he is, in fact, a king of people in a place. And I'm just like, uh, why are you still here? What's going on? Like, what happened to your kingdom? I thought, I also know nothing about um, his lore, but solely from this movie, I thought maybe he was, like, ousted as the king and went crazy. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, like that—that—that—that's that, my feeling, and like, that, and so he doesn't have a place to go not. back to. Okay, yeah. I picked. He's not like there, there's no one looking for him. Gotcha. Yeah, that's <laughs> the vibe I got. I was confused because and no one's like our king is missing. They're just like, okay, so that guy's gone, <laughs> either intentionally or you know, thank God. <laughs> yeah, he 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 just kind of got swallowed up by King Arthur. He's a rescue. Yeah, that's fair because I was just sitting here just like. 
don't you have don't you have a kingdom <laughs> i was like i was like don't you have a here. kingdom to run don't you have a castle that's waiting for you like okay which I, makes I like, sense I like you for the interpretation. he still wears a crown <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay i like i like y'all's interpretation i think that makes a lot of sense okay we can we can carry on yeah and so um arthur tells him like sort of withdraw and then he was like you know what maybe i was mistaken yeah um and then uh king arthur is let know that he has like you know someone that's trying to see him meet him it's like oh i'll see him this afternoon this guy comes up anyway. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm busy in the afternoon. And that's Mordred. Yes. Mordred played by David Hang- uh, Hemmings. Um, he was uh, also in Gladiator. He was cast. Yeah. Um, he was uh, Nigel in The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which huh. is a movie I haven't seen. I haven't seen that. It's, 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 it's good. At I least it was either. in like the early 2000s yeah. when I saw it as a child. Um, yeah, so he, we find out that Mordred is the secret child of King Arthur. Mm-hmm. He is the father. Oh, Damn. and yeah, I, I'm, 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 oh, so I, I think I kind of re- remember now. Um, so Arthur has M- Mordred with whom? Morgos. Oh, Morgos. Who, who, who? Uh, I, I've always forget what it's pronounced, Morgaus or Morgos, but it's like M-O-R-G-A-U-S-E, yeah, yeah. who is, I believe, yeah. the sister of Morgana, and they're like a pair of like, yes. like they were yeah. uh, effectively right. like That's... witches, but they're like uh, the equivalent of like Merlin, yeah. but like female. Which is interesting, because like, um, I believe in the Broadway, in the stage show, Morgana Le Fay is yeah, in it, but oh, not yeah. in this movie, who like, I oh, know, I like Morgana in a lot of adaptations, like she's in, she, she, she seems fun. Um, so Mordred. Yeah, so Mordred's yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So so he says he's uh, the son of Morgos, um, and he's like, oh yeah, I was always trying to figure out why Claudius, I think the guy's name was, why yeah. he like always hated me, blah blah blah, and I realized because he's not my daddy, you are. Hey, daddy, what's up? And Arthur yeah. has like zero reaction to this. He's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Mordred, maybe he's not too chivalrous. Um, so I was like, what's your plan? For me, dad, dad. Um, and he was like, oh, you should become a knight, blah, blah, blah. And Mordred's He's like, like it ain't for me. Just, just, yeah, just speak some of his attributes. Um, and it's it's not for him. No. No, 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 no. Um, Mixes wine and disloyalties. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, dude. Um, and then, when, like, we will find out, like, Mordred, like, he's here to, like, you know, exact his revenge um, and, like, take it, like, you know, ruin Arthur yeah. and, like, take the throne. His birthright. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, and then Arthur, oh, so so this is what I really like. So Arthur um, kind of says, he says the, uh, he's like, oh, you know the old adage, like, blood is thicker than water. Um, and he's basically like, False. This ain't true. And I'm like, it's actually not true because... The blood of the covenant yeah, because, is thicker than water of the womb. Yeah, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb, which actually means that the relationships you build um, voluntarily and by promise are stronger and more important than the relationships purely through like relatives. Um, but yeah, so Arthur's basically just like, I don't fuck with you. <laughs> but he like, low-key yeah. does because he still wants to make him a knight. Because he doesn't really have yeah. an heir at this point. And he's like, oh, I need a successor. Because yeah. that's what happened with me. 
you know, was that like the guy didn't have a successor and that's how I became king. So. Yeah. And then um, he's explaining to Pelinor the ideas of courts. Mm-hmm. Which Pelinor's he's not, not getting it. it. <laughs> nope. So he's basically just like, okay, so imagine that some farmer said you burned down his stable. And he's like, but I didn't. And he's like, exactly. But it's your word against his. And he's like, so what are you going to do? And he's like, well, stab him <laughs> until he stops saying it. And he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's what we're trying to stop, Pelinor. And then <laughs> he just like doesn't understand the concept of a trial by jury. And I'm just like, Arthur, I see what you're trying to do and it's noble. This guy's not going to get it. <laughs> no, 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 no. And then we see um, Guinevere and Arthur and Lancelot comes and like Lancelot's like, you have to do something about Mordred. He's like tur- getting the knights to turn yeah. on each other. He is so He's like amassing his own forces. Yes. Um, and Arthur's just like, you're not going to do anything about it. Um, you're not going to kill him. You're not going to hurt him. you got to promise me that. He's like, why? I was like, because he's my son. And like, he does admit, and like what we were saying before, that um, he started to Guinevere because he always imagined that their child together would sit upon a throne, mm-hmm. but knows at this point now, like, that can't happen. And like, when he became king, he thought about it. He's like, oh, I should get Mordred, all this stuff. I would, I could, but I didn't. Yeah. And that's my fault. Yeah, which, which also implies that it's been long enough that they've tried to have a child but couldn't. Yeah. yeah. And like, so, yeah, go on. Yeah, this is where the story take, takes a dark turn, you know, both in this, this movie and also in the the uh, T.H. White book. <clears throat> like, it, it, it's a marked change when, when you're, you're reading it from, like, the, the first two to the last, last two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, oh man, gloomy. And and yeah, like like for the the rest of the the uh, you know the Broadway show and the film, you have a lot of different I- issues come coming up, and you know even though the vi- visuals are still you know kind of kind of kind of bright, you just see more like dark mm-hmm. you know colors and you know like scenes are shot at night and stuff. Yeah, and that just kind of ties in with everything that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, so it's basically Arthur is just like really distraught. He doesn't know what to do. He's like losing everything he's like built and worked up for. Um, and then Lancelot leaves and he's like, oh, I don't know what to do. Um, uh, Guinevere, how was your day? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what you did like, today. I don't, I don't know she how was to like, do oh. this. She was like, oh, I, you know, just did like, you know, very, it was very tedious. And he was like, elaborate, please. <laughs> <laughs> and we get into the song. What do the simple folk do? Yeah. And, to me, is... and to me, this scene... Oh, funny song. This scene, well, like, one, I love watching rich people, like, sorely misunderstand. It's a it's people. a banana. How much does it cost? $12? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like... Oh, uh, rest in peace. To me, this scene um, is, is also what shows that, like, Arthur and Guinevere do still love each other. Like, there are still feelings yeah, there. They yes. do, they are still happy together. Um... It's just that she also has feelings for this other person. Um, that he also, like, look, he has feelings for, but, like, different love feelings. Maybe. Mm. Doesn't have to be platonic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, you know, that, that, that when, when, when I first w- watched it, it made, made me feel good to, to see that, that they still had some kind mm-hmm. of 
you know, re- relationship in some yeah. way. And, it, you know, it, it almost gave, 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 gave me hope that, that it was going to lead to, yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. good, good, good yeah. thing. But then at the end of the, the, oh, the song... The, the, which we will talk about in detail. Yeah. But, like, the beginning part of it definitely felt like, it was like, they were, like, dating again. Yeah. yeah it was, just, it was they were so like, jovial. to know each other, reconnect. Yeah. yeah. So, I, again, the um, wordplay is so great in these songs. Mm-hmm. I love the lyric... Um, what do they do when they're sad? The folk not no bless no blessy obliged. Oh yes. Great. Love it. That's that's such a fun phrase. Um and they're like, okay. I have seen I've seen the people whistle about I've seen the simple Let's give folk. This a try. <laughs> and then and then they get into the whistle song. Um and uh Guinevere can't whistle, but they're just having a great time. Fun and they're fact, like, What else do I can't whistle. Correct. Um, they're all like, what else do poor people do? Uh, <laughs> oh, they dance like, sometimes. Because this song is basically is like, they should be sad constantly. Because they're what so they poor. But like, I've seen them happy. But I've seen them <laughs> laugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, sing, play some music, and they sing. They, they have a little jam session. I was like, oh, this Ooh. is fun. You're having a good time. Um, it's like, you know, whatever, like playing like a lute. And then I don't know the name of the instrument, I, which I yeah. assumed was the, uh, predecessor of, uh, upright bass, mm-hmm. um, which I should have looked up. Um, and then they're like, what else do they do? They dance. And so he'd like, I don't think he knows what dancing nope. is. Well, cause um, they've never done but, it. But, <laughs> they're not poor. And, and then they're, like, going round and round. I'm like, what the fuck is this scene? They're, like, crying. They're laughing. It's, like, very, like, back and forth. Because, like, what you were saying, I was like, oh, maybe this is this is the time when they're dancing together. They're like, oh, we still, maybe. Yeah. Uh, uh, what is that song? Um, um, Hamilton. Um, wouldn't this be enough? Oh, um, uh, that would be enough. That would be enough. I got, like, those vibes at first. But then... Like, them really seeing each other yeah. turns into anger, and then they get really close. I was like, are they about to, like, hate fuck yeah, each other? Yeah, I was like, what's but happening? then they're crying, and then they're upset, and then they're apart, then, but then they're back together. It was, like, very And confusing. then the scene cuts, Which I think is supposed and to just, like, all chaos breaks loose. And I'm just like, I no longer have any idea what's happening in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, round table isn't going too well. Yeah, nope. Nope, it's. It, I think they actually say it's broken at this point. Like the the circle, like the circle of nights. Oh no! Yeah, we see it crack yeah. and fall apart. And so, um, uh-huh. yeah, and so we basically. I'm like Lance, kill him already. Yeah. So you see, there's all this like craziness happening with the with the knights. Like basically, everyone's kind of unhappy at this point. Um, yeah. And it, it seemed that like that scene with Arthur and Guinevere where their emotions shift from like the joy and the happiness, like the crying and the anger, it was almost like that was the tipping point and now everything else is going downhill with that. Yeah. So then we see Arthur, he just leaves. He like, he's like, I'm gonna go the hunting, whatever. And then we get to the song, Follow Me slash Children's Chorus and he goes back to uh, Merlin's like schoolyard mm-hmm. where Out he, the you know, got his little uh, aminal lessons. <laughs> Um, also, what fucking acid fucks. trip was he on during this? Oh, he was drugged. <laughs> he was on something. Uh, yeah. Um, I I like the fun echoes mm-hmm. back and forth, and then he's like, "Hey, Wart, hey, Wart," and then Merlin says, "Hey, Wart," um, 
And then he like is asking us like, what's the what's the best thing for being sad? And then we also have, and we didn't say it before, but we did have like young Arthur mm-hmm. before, yeah. uh, played by Little baby uh, Arthur. Nicholas, yeah, Nicholas Burry. Um, both of them are kind of there. I love the way it's they're kind a, of mirroring each other. Well, not mirroring, exactly. but I guess copying. Yeah, yeah and um, which like really shows, um, I don't know, his. Uh, not innocence. That's not the word I mean. And don't it's, be it's not. It's it's um. It, there's his, there's a word for it, but it's more he's, like he's in like this moment. For help. Yeah, in this moment, he's being brought back to the moment he was learning from Merlin as a child, and he's kind of putting himself back in that mm-hmm. feeling of being a child again and learning from Merlin Looking and getting answers. these and getting this advice. And it's it's very intentional. Yeah. So yeah, it's not naivete. It's it's very intentional of like bringing himself back to that learning state. Yeah. Yes. And so Merlin goes back and said, uh, what I've always said, the best thing for being sad is to learn something. Which, like, hell yeah. I like that. I like that, Merlin. Um, Unless you're learning something sad. And then they start (laughs) just, like, he has some kind of, like, aside about thinking a thought and I'm not thinking, but isn't, like, thinking that I'm not thinking a thought. And I'm like, what the fuck is this again asset trip nonsense <laughs> it's very much that like little kid yeah. it's just like have you ever have you ever um and yeah when you uh yeah and CSG, then the yeah or, uh, uh the yeah yeah anything could be po- yeah when you do it <laughs> and it's just that like kid. there was not a single noun in that sentence child i i've seen t-shirts that's just the wordage of that <laughs> that's amazing and i should buy it <laughs> um so then more yeah and so up. then we go through that no well we go oh, yeah, through yeah. the animal changing mm-hmm. kind of thing so like he starts that with process. fish and then yeah. he goes to a hawk i believe yeah and then i think he's he's a hawk for a while and then Mordred shows up and we see him kind of like floating down which i, I, th- I think though that's a cool and i was just like i was like so were you a hawk or maybe because you thought you were you embodied it and you did fly because magic still exists there they do say he has slain a dragon before it's not like magic doesn't exist but like but we haven't seen a dragon and they thought dragons existed but like i don't think they actually did and like i i do not do you not think magic is part of this world no, I think there are things. I I think I think magic is part of this world in the way that like chemistry, when not understood, is magic, or like science, uh-huh. when not understood, is magic. I think there okay. are phenomena phenomena that occurred that do, they do, explained do, do, do. as phenomena. magic <laughs> that they explained as magic that we would today understand as science. Um, what about Merlin appearing out of nowhere? <laughs> I think that was a hallucination. To be quite honest. And, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah. And, and fair. honestly, both of the scenes that we see him, I think that was a hallucination. Do you think Merlin exists? Ooh. Yes. I don't think we have seen his. I don't think he has physically appeared in any of the times we've seen him in this movie, but I do think he exists. Gotcha. 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 Um. Do, do, do. Oh, yeah, Mordred's here. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so he shows up. And I was very confused by his motivations, I guess, um, during the scene. It became clear later. Uh, but he's basically like, oh, 
I dare you to stay in the forest overnight because you're such a big, bad, tough guy. And Arthur's just like, well, yeah, I can do that. Like, go tell them that I'm staying overnight oh, yeah. there. I, like, <laughs> I, I never question it. I never question why he said that and why Arthur understood Oh, why I, he asked I was that. very confused. I was just like, why yeah, are you here? Yeah, because it's like, well, Mordred's like, hey, you should say, you should like stay here tonight and I'll, you know, tell everyone back there. It's like, you're hunting, you won't be back till mid-morning. So people are going to act out and then we'll, we're talking about like charges and, you know, proof and evidence. If they aren't doing what everyone thinks they're doing, Nothing's going to happen. That makes a lot... But that's the time to get that evidence. That makes a lot more sense because then Arthur's scene later where he's like floundering in the water and then he like makes the decision to come back. I was just like... That that interpretation from the beginning makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because at that point, Arthur, I thought, was like fully accepts that, that they're, they're like having an affair. Together, he's like, I don't together. want to know. Like, I don't want this to be real. Yeah, but yeah, and he was like, but it is, and they're in danger, and I love them both. Yeah. I need to go back yeah. there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he goes Lance, back. Lance, you horny idiot. Yeah, so he goes back <laughs> to the castle and, like, is telling all of them. Um, and then we see Guinevere and Arthur, or Guinevere and Lancelot are just like, oh, well, if he's not gonna be back till tomorrow. We gon' fuck. <laughs> yeah, Lance immediately, like, no hesitation. was like, oh, he's not coming back. So, okay. And then we get into, You're a bad friend. Right? And so then we get into the song, I Loved You Once in Silence. Yeah, yeah, so this is, you know, how we were talking about, like, Arthur was in pain. And, like, he was saying, well, they didn't ask for this. This is, like, the... Their um, answer. Extension of that thought. Yeah, yeah. It's them saying, like, it, especially from Guinevere's perspective, is her saying, like, I didn't want this to happen. Like, I didn't want to betray Arthur. I didn't want to have this feeling. It's like, I, I, I do love you, and it's, it's very hard for me to not act on that. And, like, I, I obviously have acted on that, but it's like, I'm not happy about that. Like, I'm happy no. about you. Like, I love you, but I'm not happy to be with you because it causes so much pain for me and Arthur. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this song is very much, um, I loved you. I didn't know how you felt about me and I was so alone, um, that I was just loving you in silence. Mm -hmm. Then I learned that you were the same. Um, but now that this needs to end, there's twice as much grief, twice as yeah. much pain. We should, like, there, there's regret yeah. in what they did. And I don't want there to be um, any more regret because like we don't have a future. And so I want to preserve as much of whatever past we have. All they had to do is finish that thought and left. And leave. But also, they decide to like bang one out one last time. It really time. looked like she was about to give him a blowjob. Yes. <laughs> um, there's a few times of that. Mm -hmm. And then they were caught in the act. Yep. Um, and then they were surrounded. And it was then, a good old fashioned uh, sting operation. Yeah. Uh, Gwenny is just like went for the sword. And it's just like Lance. Fuck Fuck him these up. guys up. <laughs> and then Lance does escape. Um, mm -hmm. Because... You know, we all know poor or originated in France. Indeed. Fitting. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Guinevere gets we arrested. See, and then we see Arthur come and, like, he, like, sees, like, people leaving. And he's just, oh, no. Because, like, fucked up. It happened. Um, and then, yeah, Guinevere is arrested. She's going to be put on trial. Uh, we get into the song Guinevere. Um, which is, like, a, the... The tone and the melody of the song is very bright and happy yeah 
which is combined with her being sentenced to burn at the mm-hmm. stake and like roughed up and just like horribleness happening. But they're like, Guinevere is gonna die. <laughs> la 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 la. But la. also, and- I also found it really interesting that the sort of juxtaposition in this scene of yes, she has committed a crime. Everyone finally admits that she's committed she, she a crime. Is, she is committed. She has cr- committed laws. She's working <laughs> she's crimes. Working crimes. Um, and everyone finally, like, we can finally openly admit this because Arthur also, like, cannot deny this anymore. Yeah. But also, like, she is still the, the, she is the, still the queen. And she is generally beloved. The, with the exception of her affair with Lancelot, she is generally beloved. And, like, they honestly, all... Honestly, even with the... Even the fair with, with Lancelot, all the all the townspeople, all the they're people just like that, oh, even like guards. They're like we hope we Lance hope he comes her. and saves her. Like like we we she is being sentenced to execution because we have to because that's what has to happen. But like we all want her to be saved. We just can't do the saving. And the same thing with Arthur, where they were just like you you can't like you either have to kill her or kill the like kill the law because like you can't save her without basically invalidating the law itself yeah so then yeah so they get into the end of the song and um and she's like being like put up at the stake like everything's kind of being set up and they're saying like Uh arthur you have to come to the window because you have to give the official order for them to start like the execution basically and he's Mm -hmm. like i can't bear to to see any and he keeps on asking. Uh, Pelinor is like, has he come yet? Has he like yeah. saved her yet? Like he's They're like all just stalling. waiting. Yeah. And then he does. Um, he does show up with like a whole yeah. gaggle of knights behind him. Yes. And so then the executioner, without the permission, does just does just start. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they do end up saving her. Um, and then, but but, but basically they end up killing like a lot of the guard and everything like that to get to her and to get her out. So then now all of the knights that are remaining want revenge because they're just like you just your killed. table has cracked yeah. Arthur. Yeah. They they want they don't want justice they want they want revenge. revenge. Yeah, which, which is all you know one one of the ideas. Yeah, he was he was trying to you know squash from the mm-hmm. you know get knighthoodness. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like every, everything has fallen. Apart yes. completely. Yeah, there's Things no more fall unity. Apart is a good book. Facts by Chinwa Achebe. Love it. Uh, good old Conqua. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so then we see Arthur and his knights like now marching into a battle that Arthur is obviously very reluctant to fight because he doesn't want to fight these people at all. He's like, he still kind of sees them as like, you're still my brothers in arms. Like, you're still my knights, like, blah, blah, blah. And they're just like out for blood, basically, at this point. Um, and so. And so now we're kind of back at the scene that we started at. We're like, this is where all of this started um, at this, like the eve before the battle. And we see that he gets a note from this little like farm boy um, from Lancelot to meet him and Guinevere in the forest outside of the castle. And, um, and I thought this was a really interesting scene because it's, it's a very good example of how like this whole thing really just started between the three of them and they all still love each other. Like none of them want to see either of the other two hurt, but now it's escalated to the point that like there's a full on battle about to happen. And this is where Lancelot truly loses me. Mm-hmm. So when they decide to meet up and they're arguing, they're like, oh, can we stand out? Can't we like, you know, pay for our crimes and stuff like that and we all know like that can't happen yeah. and then lancelot says is this is this your wish is this what you want 
Fuck you, dude. No. This is your fault. This is your fault. Yeah. But he's just like to Arthur is like, is this what you want? And Arthur's just like, no. <laughs> I I didn't want you to to be sleeping together in the first place. <laughs> I he has banished many nights, ignored a lot you. of things to protect you. And when like Anno, they were like, oh yeah, we there should be consequences for our actions. Here's a consequence of your action. Lancelot's like, oh, why are you trying to punish me? Yeah. That, 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 that. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, dude. I, like, it really made, it made me so mad that I, like, really had a, I did this, like, five-minute, like, meditation thing because it was <laughs> right before we, like, did this that yeah. I was like, I cannot start this heated. Yeah. That's fair. Because <laughs> that time, we, I've started heated before and it doesn't it's go It's always well. weird. <laughs> It's always weird, and we'll always argue with each other, and you usually say some stupid shit, mm-hmm. and it just incites me. Um, uh, Raven. So Gwen joined the convent. Never change. Yes, yes. <laughs> At first, I thought, when they were talking about joining the covenant, I was like, I thought maybe she was just going to be there for safety, also because maybe she's pregnant. Oh. Which I got from nothing else. There's like no subtext there. I think that alludes to that. That was actually something I was thinking about. Like during the scene where we first met Mordred and Arthur's basically just like, yeah, we haven't had an heir, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I was wondering about that because she's been fucking two dudes for how many years now? And like, (laughs) y'all ain't got no contraception. So like, how is she not pregnant? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe um, Lance is so pure. He's just shooting blanks. (laughs) You know. Well, he wasn't pure in that because remember when he was pure, he was just like the oh, same. Oh yeah, so like, the I was. I was wondering like, if I was wondering if like how he felt that while like he was having sex and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Now that like he didn't become worse as a fighter, was he just like, damn it, this whole time? Yeah, like that. That that's the kind of thing that comes up more in the um, th white book, uh-huh. where like they 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 talk ab- about that, and then um, I I think in both the Mallory and the th white, yeah, Gu- Guinevere goes on to join a convent, and she she eventually becomes the head um, um, head abbess and then um lancelot joins a monastery and and then so they 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 both have these very you know re re like you know celibate lives yeah right and um good yeah like there there there's a whole lot a lot of stuff in in both of those books about that for the folks that want want to know about it and um yeah like their 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 characters definitely go from you know like they, they they definitely evolve in these these ways yeah. where they they go from being you know one way to kind of like more you know rowdy and fun and then they just do the exact opposite as soon mm-hmm. as this more Mordred honestly happens. they overcorrect <laughs> oh we're, we're oh just, <laughs> totally yeah we're 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 never having sex again like this is like this is <laughs> yeah that was the problem not the you know disloyalty lying mm-hmm. um, banishing I, multiple like, people I, who were telling the truth. Yes, 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 yes. No, yes. but the issue was the sex. Yeah, and so um, they. Um, Lancelot was like, also, Guinevere is here, and like she takes down her hood. I was like, yes, Arthur knew that was Guinevere this entire time. Who else would have been this woman next to you, Lancelot? Honestly. 
And so Lancelot, like, leaves, and then Arthur just, like, say, like, goodbye to her, and she, like, is, like, a wreck. She's, like, I've seen the forgiveness in your eyes before. Um, I hope the forgiveness in your eyes is there in the future. However, I'm upset because I'll never see it. Um, and he says, does call her my dearest love. And I think in that, he does express forgiveness to some extent yeah. to um, Jennifer. Well, because <laughs> because she expresses real remorse, I feel. And I feel like Lancelot in this moment doesn't. They were just skating around. They were just like, you know, trying to be cool about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then she leaves and goes back with the nuns. Um, and he sees this like little boy just like run up and he's just, like, where the fuck did you come from? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, Tom, uh, of Warwick played by Gary Marsh. Who is Thomas Mallory. Oh. The stand-in. So yeah. Yeah. Like, so the, the, the actual Thomas Matt Mallory character was from Warwick and yeah, I, I, when I first watched this, I was like, oh my God. Really? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was, it was great. I loved it. Like they, 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 they worked it in. Be, you know, and I, I for I our listeners, was... do you want to explain that a little bit more? Uh, how? Like, what the um, like the like stand in and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah. Well, it, it was it was great to have the movie work in the you know source of these Arthurian le- legends as we know know them. You mm-hmm. know, to 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 base basically you know say that. Um, Tom, who eventually wrote all, all about this, he was told by King Arthur himself, you know, to go ahead and share these, yeah. you know, stories through through his his text, and um, and and yeah, it's just, just a nice, nice little. You it's know, a fun like, little nice nod. Little tribute to it. Yeah. yeah, it's a nod. Yeah, I I really like that. That's pretty cool. Um, and so like Arthur's like, you know what? He's like, I've already won. People yeah. rem- remember the good we did, mm-hmm. what we're trying to do, um, what I wanted, like, Nightdom to, like, be. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, okay, kid, you got to go home. You can't, you you can't stay killed. here. You can't, be, you can't stay here. <laughs> you um, won't die. It's like, it's like, you can't stay here, but you do have to go home. <laughs> um, and it's, and he's like, you know what, everything's going to be all right. So they're like, you know, preparing for battle and stuff. And then we get into the finale, which was a Camelot reprise. And he was like, everyone, like, the stories of Camelot will, like, live on. Um, and it's like the lyrics change. Instead of Camelot is is currently this place, it was like for a brief it, moment, a brief moment this, this is what Camelot was. Yeah. And this is what people will remember. Yeah. Camelot brief as. And shining moment. Yeah. yeah. There was Camelot. And then they knight Tom. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Helenor's like, "What the fuck? What is are happening?" You doing? <laughs> um, so easy to get a. Ne- and then uh, he's like, "Run, boy, run. run!" And how he's shouting it, I it took me out of the entire movie. <laughs> I was just like, "Okay," I was like, "Okay, this needs to be over. This is this is awful." I was like, "This is like you could just say like, run, boy, like run home, and just say it, and that's it." You don't have to repeat it 12 times. <laughs> you don't have to shout run the weirdest way I've ever heard someone say the word it run. Is, yeah, and it's really weird. It's weird. <laughs> run! Richard, what you doing? It's um, too hard. And then he then was like, okay, the long run's over. And then he stops and he's like, oh, run, run my boy. boy. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. Uh, Th- then 
we're done. <laughs> Fiend. Fiend. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's Camelot. Yeah. Um, so this movie was not names. received i mean it was received well <laughs> not well at the same time so it's like this movie this movie was received <laughs> so it was like it was like the 10th highest grossing like film of 1967 which is when it came out um it apparently earned like 12 million dollars in the box office well in united states and canadian rentals um but a lot of the like critics sort of reaction to it was very like 40 60 actually liking it versus not liking it so even once i did like it like so um one guy was just like it's hollywood at its best and its worst you know <laughs> yeah. um and so yeah so like a lot of people like generally liked the scenery because like the sets on this movie were phenomenal like there's no denying that yeah. Um, yeah. but a lot of people didn't really like the, the like the cinematography and like the storytelling itself in like a lot of things that we talked about like the cutting um, like the weird kind of like editing um, the extreme number of close-ups um, and just it's, like just like little things like that um, yeah. but it did still win like a lot of awards so it won three different Oscars oh. um, three Golden Globe awards and a Kansas City Film Critics Circle award which is like you go, Kansas City. And that one was for <laughs> Vanessa Redgrave, like for Best Actress. But just totally oh, so. She did an especially, amazing job. It's, especially in the very beginning, I was like, oh, she's fun. I like yeah. her. <laughs> um, yeah, so so the music was done predominantly by Frederick... It's Frederick Lowe, but it's not Lowe because he's German, so it's pronounced like Luva or Leva, I think. I don't know for sure. Um, but yeah, so he... Um, Freddie. Freddie, yeah. Lerner. Um, so he collaborated with uh, Alan J. Lerner, who was the lyricist. Um, so I have significantly more notes on Frederick Lowe, so I'll do him second. Um, but Alan J. Lerner, he... Interesting that you brought him up first, then. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here's this guy, but I'm not going to talk not about him. Not going to talk about him yet. <laughs> <laughs> but here's another guy. So he... Uh, so Alan J. Lerner collaborated, like, he and Frederick Lowe collaborated a lot together. Um, Alan J. Lerner also collaborated a lot with Burton Lane. Um, so he, like, a lot of their, like, works were, like, very popular together. So um, they did, oh, where am I losing that? So they did, like, Carmelina together. Um, he also worked in, like, Royal Wedding and American in Paris. Like, all of those, like, really famous, oh, wow. yeah, like, really well-known um, musicals. So like, a lot of, like, really old but well-known like stage and film musicals were done um, in some capacity by Frederick Lowe, Alan J. Lerner, and or Burton Lane, um, which I think is, is really, really cool. Um, so he actually, um, Alan J. Lerner, like he uh, basically worked a lot with uh, like Brigadoon, um, Paint Your Wagon, like all of those like really old musicals. Uh, the interesting thing, the interesting thing was that so Alan J. Lerner often spent like months on writing songs, which is like really interesting. Apparently, he was like constantly like writing them and rewriting them. But for uh, My Fair Lady, when he wrote like I Could Have Danced All Night, apparently he did that in like twenty four hours, which was like wild. So he's won um, like three Tony Awards and three Oscars among like a ton of other awards because they're just like so notable. Um, and he attended Harvard. which is like right. that's cool. Yeah. Um, so f- Nerd. Go Tennessee. <laughs> um, so Frederick Lowe uh, oh he also worked with Leonard Bernstein as well which is like oh, huge because cool. it's 
yeah. Leonard Bernstein. Um, so he did like the lyrics a lot for like this film, um, and Frederick Lowe did a lot of the like actual music. So Frederick Lowe, really interesting person. Um, so he was uh, he's German. He was born in Berlin in 1901. His father Edmund Lowe was actually a notable like Jewish operetta singer, um, and he Ooh. performed all throughout like Europe and like both of the Americas. So Frederick Lowe, uh, he was kind of like a little like Mozart. Uh, so he started learning piano. <laughs> he started learning piano at like a super early age. So he like could play by ear and he would use that to like help his father uh, rehearse a lot. Disgusting. Yeah, worse, right? That. He began composing at seven years old. And by 13, he was the youngest piano soloist ever to appear with the Berlin Philharmonic Orchestra. And I'm just oh, like... Wow. You're amazing, but also fuck you. Um, <laughs> so he attended like a music conservatory in Berlin where he actually won the Hollander Medal, um, which is awarded by the school, which is like this huge like honor to win at the time. Um, so then like later on, he moved to New York City with his father because his father like got this like acting, singing opportunity. Um, and he was trying to write on Broadway, but then he was like, oh, that shit hard. So then instead, he ended up like kind of working in a bunch of like different German clubs and like um, he became sort of like a piano, a pianist that would accompany like silent films in movie theaters, which I thought was really, really cool. Because uh, that was like the start of like having pianos and like Wurlitzers and stuff like that, like in theaters, which like the Bird Theater in Richmond still has that. And like they'll still yeah. do like a Wurlitzer performance before like pretty much every film, which is really, really cool. Um, so yeah, yeah. So um, he began collaborating with uh, Alan J. Lerner after he joined what's called the Lambs Club, which was like this hangout for like theater performers, producers, um, managers, like directors, and everything. So it's kind of just like this who's who of like everyone in theater. Um, so he got a lot of jobs, like a lot of connections through that. So together they wrote like Brigadoon, Paint Your Wagon, My Fair Lady, um, obviously Camelot, and then Gigi, which was like their first film musical. Okay. Um, so they won a Tony for Best Musical for My Fair Lady, um, and then they won another Tony for Best Original Score for the stage adaptation of Gigi, and then nine Oscars for the film version of Gigi. Um, and then later on, Frederick Lowe was inducted into both the Songwriters Hall of Fame and the American Theater Hall of Fame. And it's just amazing, both of them. So I just That's, felt like they yeah. really deserved a lot of recognition for this. Yes, well, one hundred percent. I I have um, in my light liner notes on the re record here um, something written by L Lerner. So oh. I, I I can sh share that for you. Yeah. So it's a little mm -hmm. piece he wrote on Camelot on film. So he writes, adapting Camelot from the Broadway stage to a motion picture was one of the most enjoyable and rewarding experiences I've ever had starting with Joshua Logan to the beautiful music score by Fred Frederick Lowe and running through the entire company, there is love for the project that one finds very rarely in the theater or motion pictures. A case of, in point is R Richard Harris, who simply called up and insisted on playing the part. And from a writing point of view, there is nothing like getting a second chance. In some ways, I like Camelot better than almost anything I've ever written. There is in this ancient legend a hope and an aspiration that has always moved me deeply. Strangely enough, it matters very little where the fact leaves off and the fiction be, be, begins. What is important is that someone have this I ideal, whether he was a king or a troubadour. 
In the original legend, Arthur supposedly retired to a cave with his knights, waiting for the world to ask him back. A world that would have grown up to his ideals, which were so close to the original Christian concept of the brotherhood of man. And the fact that at the time, without even knowing that there was another side of the world, people should have had... People should have conceived or dreamed of the things that are talked about in the Arthurian le legend is quite extraordinary. I genuinely be believe that Camelot realizes what all of us must, must set out to do. I do not believe you can just take a Broadway production and film it. It must be recreated for the motion picture screen. Perhaps Camelot is better suited for the media film than for the stage, and it helps considerably when you're l lucky enough to be surrounded by the kind of artistry that is at the, the fingertips of Vanessa Redgrave, Richard Harris, Franco Nero, David Hemmings, Alfred Newman, Ken Darby, and the others. I am grateful to them all. Oh, That's really cool. That's really cool. One of his I'm really glad you brought that. <laughs> well, huh. yeah. There, and and there, there's an, another piece on this that's written by Jack Warner. You know, it's oh. the, the original Warner Warner Brothers. Yeah. So, uh, I'm pretty sure the original Warner Brothers, Yakko. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Wacko, uh, and their sister, Dot. Dot. Um, which we will be doing the animated musical Wacko's Wish mm -hmm. sometime soon. Tis scheduled. Like, uh, actually, I did change it for Mary Poppins, but I'm going to fit Wacko's Wish somewhere That's fine. some other time. One, one, one of the, the good lines from, from Jack Warner's bit is, um, is kind of like his concluding statement. It says, the drama, the excitement, and the music of Camelot has been created by thousands, but not for themselves, for the millions. You know, because like it, it, it is a, you know, a play and a movie that has good I ideas. Mm -hmm. You know, might for right and a round table. You know, where where everybody is on kind of like the equal, you know, equal foot. Yeah. And and stuff. So yeah, like it it it's just you know it it's a fun. It's a fun movie. Like you can laugh to it. You can just kind of enjoy it. And then if you wanted to think more cri critically about it, you know, there's enough to dig into. Yeah. So with that, um, the three of us are going to go warm up, and we will be playing uh, the theme Camelot yeah. with Raven on the violin, Cody on the guitar. And myself on the bassoon. So I'm excited. What a pair. Be right back. <laughs> Burb. Hey everyone, in addition to our other nonprofit partners, I would like to do a quick plug for the Dodario Foundation. The Dodario Foundation is a nonprofit grant making organization that provides monetary and product support to high quality music instruction programs on the front line to improve access to music education. And every single cent raised goes directly to getting kids involved in community music programs, acquiring and maintaining instruments, providing college scholarships, and supporting new innovations in music education across 41 U.S. states and 180 cities. They accept monetary donations, of course, but also instruments. So if you have an old instrument that you no longer use, please consider donating it to the Dodario Foundation, where they can get it into the hands of a student in need. However you're able to contribute, you can go to dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. That is Dodario Foundation, D-A-D-D-A-R-I-O, foundation.org slash about slash donate. Now please enjoy the sultry sounds of me and Campbell destroying music. And stop. Cool.
I missed so many notes. I, because I also cannot read them. They're a little far away. So I gonna... hit everything. Well, I didn't. Okay. Sorry. In measure three, I did accidentally play like halfway between a B flat and a B natural, but then I fixed it for the rest of them. So I had to, I, I, I have to figure out if I'm going to like strum or just, just kind of kind of pluck these. Yeah, just just, here, so. just figure out what you want to do. Whatever's easiest, honestly. Yeah, here it's like. We kind of just get through this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, I mean, no one else is going to hear this. Facts. Mm -hmm. uh, how do I zoom in? Oh, control plus. It's not working. But in Camelot, Camelot, that's how conditions are. Oh, that's much better. Uh, can we do that again? Mm -hmm. Yes. Cool. Okay. One, two, one, two, one, two. close you you there was like some technically eighth notes you played as eight notes in four four so we got off by like half a measure but like yeah. i think that's what it's going to be yeah the uh yeah. The, the 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 part that that like i would always use as a sit signal was a and then i would know to go into <laughs> that's fair and, 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 and then you were doing the boom, boom, boom. It, it, it makes I do feet. really like the bassoon. It kind of grounds the music. Yeah. Boom, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. This is good because I need to practice it a lot this summer um, before I like join campus band in the fall. Oh. Yeah. Nice. I think we were together that whole time. We were together. Did I play all those notes well? No. Oh, did I play them correctly? Well, absolutely not. But did I play them correctly? Also, also no. <laughs> How do you feel about that, Cody? Last line. It was good. Yeah. I think I I, I could like f figure out where to, where to be without even knowing how to read music. At Perfect. All. That's. Cody, I think I we should like play the last. It, I think we should play the last two lines. I agree. Because the the because measure seventy. I mean just. Well, obviously they all lead it goes into, into one, it, but it yeah. goes directly into it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and I don't think this needs to be a pickup. I think we can just like. Yep. Yeah. Just. Okay. One, two, one, two, one, two. That was the right note. We, we did it. We did it. We, we done did it. We, we done soon. did it. Camelot. I think that went well because, uh, I mean, like we said before, like for any kind of string instrument, like guitar. Also, Cody, that guitar is so nice. Show Raven the guitar. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, uh, Cody, would you like to tell Raven all the guitars you own? <laughs> <laughs> well, so the, this is a I, Ibanez hollow body that I've had since I was in high school. And I have a... A solid body I, I've been as that I've also had since high high school and that that one's a um, solid wood um, blazer 
model that that's more for like you know amps and stuff but but this this hollow body is fun to just display you know with with amp or or not yeah and then i i have a 12 string i was given as a gift around high high school time and then i have one 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 more it's just this an acoustic that kind of got me going on get guitar when i was younger and that was like a christmas gift but yeah, I've got too 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 many. I I I, I don't I don't play very often, but I'm working on playing more. Yeah, that's really cool. I have two guitars. Um, I also got a guitar as a it was a birthday gift when I was ten, um, and that was an electric guitar. And then I got an acoustic guitar from Campbell actually uh, several years ago when I was in college. Um, so I, I also I try to play, but I'm like wait, I never gave you a guitar. Yeah, it's the one that Anjali gave you. She gave me a guitar? Yeah, it's an acoustic guitar, yeah. Had I completely forgot she gave me a guitar, and then I gifted it to you. Interesting. Yeah. Angeli, if you're listening to this, I love you and appreciate you and hope you're doing well. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I, guess I, I also just kind of like taught myself guitar and really like, I know like chords and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm like slowly learning like picking and like all, a lot of like actual techniques because um, I do not consider myself a guitarist. Like I just... I physically know how to play the instrument. Oh, String instruments are hard. I don't yeah. know how y'all do it. I can barely do the ukulele, and <laughs> I get through. I get by. But I don't know how you do breath-controlled instruments. Like, reed instruments Hell are yeah, so dude. hard. They're Ugh. fun. And brass instruments. I'm, I'm relearning Brass instruments that. are harder. Oh, my gosh. You just do uh, it depends on the one. I, I would say the bass- when I played bassoon and trombone, bassoon was way harder than the trombone. Interesting. Like, um, I, I I've always enjoyed playing this um, with without a, without a pick really. I guess like I just early. Oh on, yeah, I don't usually play with a pick either. Well, yeah, like, I I tried to at, at first, but then I just found that it was easier for me to just strum with without one. Mm-hmm. And then when I started to experiment with like finger picking and and stuff like that, it was just it more it was more natural and so now and again I still still try to try to go back and I think it only helps when like I'm I'm amplified. And like it, it might help to make you know, strumming or power chords sound a little bit stronger. But other than that, I don't, I don't use them. Yeah, no, I agree. No. Um, okay. So with that, Cody. Two questions. One, did you have fun? And two, how would you rate this musical on a scale of one to ten? One, I, I had a lot of fun. Is this what you expected? What'd you expect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, you know, <laughs> just you know, good. We like to meet just, expectations. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's better than not meeting expectations. Well, I, I I would like to you know the opportunity to you know read the liner notes and like how how we we all have these you know random facts and like mm-hmm. you know in, information on the cast members and things like 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 that. So it was it was fun. It was like a you know as a historical podcast in addition to you know just kind of going over the musical. And then as far as my my rating goes, I would probably give this musical a eight. Because like all the, the the songs are really really great for 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 me like mm-hmm. I I find my, myself singing them a lot mm-hmm. and I guess I wouldn't give it a nine or a ten because of how like I just feel like the source you know book and stuff is you know better uh, in, in in a few ways and also like you know there there's some acting stuff but overall it's the kind of like musical I would say to folks you you should watch you should yeah. try it out and then you know yeah if if you're you're in, interested in learning more there are little bits in the musical that will link you mm-hmm. to things you can check out if you want to learn more about Arthurian legends yeah what about you Raven how would you rate this 
I will not ask you if you had fun. <laughs> um, I would say... I think I rate this around a 7. Like, similar. Um, I I really think, like... There were some some issues I have with it, which I, which I talked about, like, cinematography and stuff like that. But I think overall, like, the general, like, romance story and, like, human interest story kind of set to Arthurian legend, I think they did a really good job of kind of, like, incorporating a lot of those those original, like, texts and, like, just, like, little, like, uh, I guess bits and pieces of Arthurian legend, uh, but still kind of, like, making, I don't know if it's a completely new story, but still, like, making a new story with it. Um, and I think there's there's a lot of craziness that happened in the movie, um, but I still think it was, it was very entertaining, and it honestly, it didn't super feel like three hours to me. Um, so... I think I think it was pretty good. What about you, Campbell? What would you rate it? Um, I think because it was really entertaining. I did really like the music, but a lot of the stuff of the movie, I'm just like, what the, f- like, <laughs> what's going on? What yeah. am I watching? So I think it, I like that stuff. Like, really balances out because some of the stuff I'm like, oh, this is insane that I'm like viewing. I don't know what this movie is. Yeah. But the music is like so good. Mm-hmm. So I think I would balance that out perfectly and give it a five. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. If, if 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 it didn't have the music, it, it wouldn't be you know it'd be like, like like a corny movie that you'd you'd see on some late late night you know show. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it's real I, crazy. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, but the music you know brings it back from yeah. the edge. Well, Cody, before we head out, is there anything you would like to promote? Could be anything. Mm. Let's see. A credence. Clearwater Revival. Maybe you know, so that's I, an example. <laughs> well, I and actually I, I, I wanted to take the opportunity to pre to promote a n- new nonprofit I heard about. Ooh. Um so I'm 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 wrapping up my my UO uh, cert- certificate in nonprofit management this this week. That's University of Oregon listeners. Yeah, yeah, and um, it just kind of kind of through um, uh, going through my c- campus email, I learned about this group up in Lake Tahoe uh, called Clean Up the Lake, and they um, are doing this uh, scuba ed- expedition to go down into the, the, the lake and do the biggest cleanup that the lake has ever, ever had basically and they're starting in different points of it because it's a really huge lake mm-hmm. and they're kind of fo- focusing on south lake which is kind of the heavier traffic uh part but they um they have a lot of um good good backing and uh they, they could use just a little bit bit more to keep going and uh, clean up a really beautiful feature on the west coast. So, just uh, to take a look at at them and see if you know anything on their that their site stands out to you. That's really cool. Nice, uh, Raven. Where can our listeners find us? Oh my God, Campbell! They can find us in so many places. Oh my um, God! So first of all. <laughs> Anywhere that you listen pretty much to music, you can find us like Spotify, Pandora. Um, I, are we on iHeartRadio? I feel like we are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Um, you can also find us on like Apple, Google Podcast. Um, you can find us on like Stitcher, Podbean, a couple like lesser known ones. Um, you can also, if you would like to contact us, which we hope you do, um, you can email us at boozicals at gmail.com. You can also um, like follow us and like 
um, message us on Instagram at Boozicals. And if on any of these platforms you would like to rate us or comment or anything like that, if you have the ability, we hope that you do because we hope that you like us. And if you don't, write us an email telling us why. We will read it and cry. But then we'll yeah. make some improvements. So. <laughs> yeah, and like by like rating and reviewing and you know liking and subscribing, that helps us reach more people. So that's the easiest way to support us. But also like you know the little mini ads we have throughout the podcast episode. What Raven and I like have evolved into wanting to do is raise money for music education. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to do that and spread us around then our supports and our um, like collaborations with uh, music education nonprofits also get shared. So um, if you don't do that, I'm not saying that you don't want children to have music in their lives. But like, but I, that's what I your actions are saying. Yeah, that's what your you. actions are saying. I'm not saying. Those are, not those saying are your those actions, are your words. not my words. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, bye. <laughs> Peace out, suckers. (laughs) Watch Camelot.